Listeners around the world, everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Tuesday, March 7, Turned Up Tuesday, but we're not turning up today. We're keeping it real chill. We're playing songs by women as we continue to honor Women's History Month. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Toll World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today out of the Caribbean corner. Caribbean CBI countries agree on six principles proposed by the United States. CARICOM leaders plan further stakeholder engagements in Haiti. Barbados's debt conversion to transform maritime sector. Bonaire reports improved stay over arrivals in February 2023. Out of Jamaica, teachers sick out sit-ins crippled some schools on Monday. And Jamaicans falling out of love with the JLP and PNP. We're going to have those stories and more. In, out of Latin America, 103 children among hundreds found in abandoned truck in Mexico. And um, there are some conflicting stories as it relates to the four folks that went missing, um, well, that were kidnapped after they crossed the border into Mexico. One story saying that they went there to purchase medicine 
another story said they went there for a tummy tuck so we're gonna go into you know we're gonna get into both stories on the international scene china's foreign minister says developing countries are entitled to a better life and europe is trying to ditch planes for trains and we're going to talk about how that is going in stores out of north america eyeing a run for president ron DeSantis. Mm-mm-mm. um one dead and eight injured after what appears to be the result of a large crowd pushing and that happened at a concert in rochester new york a man has been accused of trying to open jet's door and attacking the crew biden administration is considering reviving detention of migrant families who cross border illegally if memory serves me well when trump did that they had an issue with it okay i'm just saying but let me you know let me go and get into that one in business and tech news facebook and google share user data with police for prosecution of abortion seekers how many times have we said stop doing everything online man you want to get an abortion you know it's illegal why would you go online to try to find or get information or share information about abortions take it on the ground you know learn something from harriet tubman oh my gosh talk about slow why are we so slow in health and science news experts weigh medical advances in gene editing with ethical dilemmas uh (laughs) and believe it or not news a woman was missing for more than 30 years well she has been found and we'll tell you where we're going to have the details for these stories and more coming up after this music break here is monica singing so gone Silly of me, devoted so much time to find you a faithful boy. I nearly lost my mind. Drive past your house every night in an unmarked car. Wondering what she had on me to make you break my heart. Yeah. What am I doing wrong to make you stay out all night? And I think to call, what does she have over me to make it nothing to call Sometimes I have to fight cause my mouth too slick Baby, why you doing me like I ain't worth ish? Make me wanna ride past your house and sit 
Kick down your doors and smack your chick Just to show you Monica not having it So in love with you like a drug habit get It is Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee and Toe, but we're taking it real easy. Playing yesterday's favorites, today's hits. All female. All songs sung by women. We continue to honor Women's History Month. You don't know my name. You cross the line. We will never die. This is where you went. Ooh, child. Why you wanna lock me away? I'm winning. You wanna act to my pain. I'm shining. Now you 25 after the top of the hour. You got five minutes to get there. You need to be somewhere at the bottom. Hope everyone's day's off to a good start. Depending on where you are in the world. Maybe afternoon for you. Hope you had a good day. As some of you may be winding down. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for thinking about us. Show the world you my golden girl When we shopping, they see us on the streets They say, son, scoop the hot one You taste like banana cake You shake like the number eight And you my number one candidate I can't lose you, it's like I'm betting in Vegas Crucial, sweating knowing these players Is wanting you, boo I get the chills when you in my sight Feels like it's meant to be right I feel a rush when I kiss you at night Oh, sure know she might be Say this, but you see, your love has got me fading. No girl ever made it feel like you do. I'ma be here night after night too.
techniques to freak a girl inside out. What's that all about? Can I have some of that? You gotta put me on. Word around town is your nine men strong. I wanna be put on in the worst way. Since the first day, I think it was the Thursday. You be that brother that I wanna sink my teeth in. Make me wanna ask, where the hell you been? I like the way you be with all that personality. But I got flavor too. You need to get with me. Logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Everyone listening on JohnnoRadio.com, thank you so much for tuning in. Gotta give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok moments with me media and the mean everything is mi we're gonna have the details coming up right after this remix About so big, uh-huh. about so small, yeah. about this length, uh-huh. about this width, uh-huh. about this flow, Word. about this gift. Yeah. Instinctly and me right up your alleyway. Skip the moet, let's chill with some Alize. Enough stress in our day. Let me massage your mind as my mental starts to play. A ghetto sauce who you are, and I'll be your sexual chocolate bar. And I gotta keep strong for the cause, and you gotta keep strong for the tours brother man and me damn the family what else could we be with no one understands up but we you were the first to tame me 
We are starting off in the Caribbean corner. Our first story, Caribbean CBI countries agree on six principles proposed by the U.S. Story courtesy of Caribbean.LoopNews.com. A historic U.S.-Caribbean roundtable on citizenship by investment held in St. Kitts and Nevis in February has resulted in five Eastern Caribbean states with citizenship by investment programs, CBI, collectively committed to six CBI principles proposed by the U.S. This was stated in a news release on the website of Investment Migration Council, the Worldwide Forum for Investment Migration. So anyone wanting to, um, you know, invest in another country, go to that website, see if your country of choice is there. It is the Investment Migration Council. Get your coins up, or if you already have your coins, you know, and you want to bow out of some countries and you take up residency elsewhere, here, you check that out. So anyway, back to the story. Six principles agreed to are the following. Collective agreement on treatment of denials, not to process applications from persons whose applications have been denied in another CBI jurisdiction by proactively sharing information on denials. So let us say uh, Jamaica has the program and uh, Dominica has the program. You were denied in Jamaica. Jamaica is going to see to it that that information is shared with Dominica so you can't go to Dominica either. All right? Simply put. Number two, interviews. Conduct interviews with applicants, whether virtual or in person. Number three, additional checks. Each jurisdiction will run checks on each application with the financial intelligence unit of its respective country. And we know what that's about, right? They want to make sure you did not get your money by illicit means. Uh, Number four, audits. Audit the program annually or every two years in accordance with internationally accepted standards. Number five, retrieval of passports. Request law enforcement assistance to retrieve revoked or recalled recalled sorry passports number 6 treatment of russians and belarus belarusians suspend processing applications from russians and belarusians four jurisdictions have already suspended applications and grenada which processes applications from both countries with enhanced due diligence will suspend processing new applications from both countries Russia and Belarus starting March 31st. According to the statement, 
The U.S. recognized that the CBI programs provide a legitimate service and have assisted in the survival of the participating economies by providing revenues, particularly considering the existential threat to vulnerable small island states emanating from the climate emergency and the onslaught of recent adverse external shocks, excuse me, including the ongoing war in Ukraine. Um, uh, uh, number six, I have issues with that. Everybody in Ukraine, I'm sorry, everybody in Russia and Belarus isn't, isn't bad. And I understand the war and, you know, so just because they're Russian means you're going to block them. Don't, shouldn't you do it on a case by case situation? It would be like saying, okay, every Jamaican smokes weed or every Jamaican um, bonfire upon certain groups of people. No, I, I don't think we should spread a blanket, but who am I? <laughs> who am I? I think the, C, the um, CBI and those countries, the Caribbean CBI countries, sorry, May wanna don't be so quick to bow down to everything the US is asking you to do. Did you give any argument? Were there any rebuttals as to why you may not agree with number six wholeheartedly? I don't know. I'm sure there are people from the Caribbean who have moved to Russia, have set up families there, their children, their grandchildren there. What's gonna happen? What? You're going to put a block on them too? Or are they going to be allowed back because they have Caribbean connections? How is that going to be handled? And here goes the diplomatic dictatorship in full effect. And it's for this reason why I said, I really and truly don't see them standing up to the U.S. as far as Haiti is concerned. I don't know. Um, so just to give a quick refresher, Caribbean CBI countries agree on six principles proposed by the United States. So the CBI is the Citizenship by Investment Program. And the six principles that they agreed on, now it's the U.S. telling them these things and they're accepting it, right? One, collective agreement on treatment of denials. So if you get denied in one, you're denied in all. Um, interviews, uh, additional checks. And those additional checks will be done with the financial intelligence unit. Of course, they want to make sure you did not get your money by illicit means. Audits, the program will be audited every two years in accordance with internationally accepted standards. Retrieval of passports where they're going to have law enforcement or request law enforcement assistance to retrieve revoked or recalled passports. And now, as it relates to the treatment of Russians and Belarusians, suspend processing applications from russians and belarusians effective march 31st 2023 i don't know this the, the diplomatic dictatorship mm. and you said the u.s is recommending that or what's what's he so pro these are principles proposed by the u.s and i don't know why we're using the word proposed the truth is they're telling them what to do. That, that, that's what it is, proposed. 
I don't see them pushing back on the U.S. I don't know, you know, CARICOM is not a, is, is so, let me rephrase that. CARICOM is afraid of the U.S. And that's where I like. Go ahead, Donna. But um, the CBI countries is not, is not governed by the same laws and so on. The U.S. may be trying to come together. But citizenship and investment in Grenada and in Barbados is two different things, or in Antigua and St. Kitts is two different things. And I don't know of any body, well, I'm subject to correction, that can unilaterally make a decision that covers everything. Okay. And the government has to sign in and um, agree to those things. But if you could barely agree to anything in CARICOM, I don't know how you could try and unilaterally put a citizenship by investment policy that everybody would abide by wow. in all these jurisdictions when, based on my layman understanding, there will be different laws governing it. Antigua and Barbuda was present from Dominica, Grenada, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia. Their presidents, prime ministers were present. And um, the five governments who were present collectively committed to the principles proposed by the U.S. Well, let's see how far this commitment will go. <laughs> we'll be committed to a lot of things. <laughs> I think it's time we get committed to a Caribbean alliance. Exactly. And start committing to each other and commit to, to dealing with the Cubans and the Haitians and the other Caribbean people you know, in, a, in in one way. Let's forget about this international shenanigans with the US and Russia and them, and let us build from within. Build from within our region, form our alliances. And yes, we may be dependent somewhat on the US market and so on, but there is time we put policies in place for ourselves so that whenever the US needs, we don't automatically catch a cold even before they diagnose it. <laughs> You know what, Donna? I have to agree with you. I really have to. But what I'm seeing here is the U.S. grasping at straws. They know they're losing control around the world. So they're going to hold on to whomever they can sink their claws into. Go right ahead, James. Good morning. Yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised with this because um, aren't those islands are most of the Caribbean like Commonwealth. So you think that if anything like it... If it was like, say, like the British government involved, but the American government involved, so yeah, I don't get it from that um, point of view because it it they fall under the Commonwealth. So if if it was like a Commonwealth recommendation, then you would say okay, but you know what does the U.S. have to do with these countries, these islands? You know, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm subject. To to correction also, but I don't know of any significant investment the U.S. is making in the region, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Donna, because I was going to say that. That was going to be my next comment. I really do not know. It's like it's like a boogeyman kind of thing. It's like we're so afraid of the U.S., the U.S., but what really is the U.S. doing? Yes, the economies are sort of tied in, and, and we have access to the U.S. market in a lot of the cases, but is there... Is the U.S. really making a significant difference in the Caribbean? Mm -mm. Contributing in any specific area? Mm -mm. The only thing we get is their um, money, IMF. And 
well and it's not even their money that's an international monetary fund they only control it so to speak um the only thing we got is tourists the tourists come to the caribbean and they're not the only ones and i don't i don't even think they're the biggest sector of the tourism market and don't even go to the imf <laughs> just name any country that recovered after the imf coming or implemented mf policies that show robust growth in the economy or in any sector so the ims to me is just a way of extorting us through some ridiculous loan systems when you're desperate so the mf is like a, a loan shock to the region if you ask me unless somebody could show me successful projects i will retain that view i have to agree i don't know yeah, well, well, remember they threatened Jamaica with the, the whole banking infrastructure, like the Caribbean need their, their banking, like in terms of um, our banks in the Caribbean can't, apparently can't do business unless the U.S. bank, you know, signs off on it. So maybe that maybe that's the, the, the threat. And they're the reason why it's so hard for people to open bank accounts. I know Canada has a big presence in the banking system down there in the Caribbean also. You have CIBC but, and Bank of Nova Scotia. Yeah. But don't we realize also that these destinations and some of these banks, the Caribbean is some of the most profitable destination. <laughs> and as much as we think we're so dependent on them, it goes both ways, you know. Because a lot of the money they make from us they, if they take that money away from them, they would feel it. They would feel it. That is why if we stand together as a region, we could be a formidable force. But it's difficult to, to really sell that idea <laughs> from people when we have governments that is so concerned about who from a small island and who from a, a big island that's struggling to be small and stuff like that. Lord, forgive me for laughing, but this is ridiculous. But what can I say? Hmm. Next up, CARICOM leaders plan further stakeholder engagements in Haiti. Story courtesy of Cayman.loopnews.com. Caribbean community leaders have reiterated their commitment to finding a lasting solution to issues affecting Haiti. The Hold on one second, I just got a text. Birth me one second. The leaders with responsibility for Haiti met yesterday under the chairmanship of the Bahamian Prime Minister Philip Davis to receive a report from Jamaican Prime Minister Andrew Holness, who led a mission to the country on the 27th of February. In a statement, the CARICOM Secretariat said the mission met with a broad range of Haitian stakeholders to hear their views on what could be done to find a lasting solution to the country's problems. The leaders agreed that there must be a follow-up meeting with the stakeholders to chart a path to consensus building in order to bring peace and stability to the country. Moving forward, CARICOM agreed to support the Haitian National Police in their efforts to address the security situation. The focus of the community will be the provision of training for the HNP and the provision of humanitarian assistance to HNP and the wider Haitian society, taking into account the challenging humanitarian and security situation in Haiti. They also agreed to work with the governments of Canada and the United States, as well as the UNDP, 
on the ongoing issues at the upcoming spring meetings of the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank to approach both international financial institutions to ascertain what further assistance they could provide to Haiti. The leaders also plan to reach out to African countries for assistance to solve the crisis in Haiti. Um, CARICOM, can I have a question? Y'all ain't listening to what the Haitians are saying? You're going to work with Canada and the U.S. when them say them don't want none of them in a them country? Moments. Didn't Andrew Holness, wasn't he one of the five people who secretly met with Trump in the White House behind, or wherever they met behind CARICOM back? Didn't they decide to, to meet with the president, then President Trump outside of CARICOM? So how you could take somebody who abandoned CARICOM to secretly meet with the U.S. government and now spearhead a move by CARICOM to represent CARICOM working in conjunction with the U.S. and Canada and don't expect him to be a poster boy. I'm just, I'm just asking. <sighs> Listen. <laughs> Donnell, what can I say? Nothing should surprise us anymore. Remember, was it yesterday I said that in a group you always find the weakest link? And the weakest link is usually one that's the one that is most desperate. Sometimes it's the one that kisses the most ass. I don't know if they don't see the brown on their nose. I'm not saying that is the case, but I'm saying he was one of five people <laughs> that met with Trump behind yeah. Caricom back. So now he's leading Caricom charge to find a solution, working in conjunction with the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> Why don't we just take the mandate from the U.S. and Canada and forget it? <laughs> you see... I want to feel that the U.S. and Canada are being very strategic in who they put at the forefront. That's, that's my argument. That is my argument. They are being very strategic as to who they can put at the forefront, and they have found the weakest link, and that's who they're going to put at the forefront. I don't think he's doing anything on his own, quite frankly, but I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but clearly... They also agreed to work with the government of Canada and the United States. CARICOM needs to listen to them. If you say you want to help Haiti, listen to what the people are saying. Them said them don't want Canada and them don't want U.S. in that business. But didn't he propose not too long ago a military, um, some kind of military um, assistance to Haiti? Yes, he did. And, Chang, okay, and then so Chang came back and said, no, we will offer it in humanitarian um, oh, so if you wanted to offer military assistance, Jamaica and which other Caribbean that has this big military force to, 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 to aid Haiti militarily? Tell me. We can't afford Which Caribbean country that has the military backing to, to aid Haiti militarily? None. Which country has what it takes? None. So if, if the Caribbean countries can, who will do it? So essentially, you're trying to bring the U.S. into Haiti under the guise of CARICOM? You get my point, right? Right back to what I mean, I'm these saying. These are questions we have to ask. I'm not trying to criticize anybody, but these things is questions that pe people have to ask. It has to be out there. Because some of these things does not make any sense, you know, and, it, and it's contradictory. But it takes me right back to what I said. So 
Who is the puppet on the string? We are weak. And that is why they are able to dictate, not propose, they are able to dictate how to treat those from Russia and Belarus. There it goes. We aren't, we don't have a backbone. We don't have a spine. I'm sorry, we don't. Them said jump, we said how high. That's it. By any means necessary. And we are the, you know, them say you find a fool, you carry my little further. We are the fools. Um, you know. Yeah. Yep. Moments. One concern I have though with in terms of um Haitians saying that they don't need outside help. My my thing is like I you don't know, think it's not. I, I think the issue they have is with the U.S. and Canada, and especially in particular, James. I think it's the U.S. because of the destruction that has been created there under the guise of um, humanitarianism, under the guise of oh, we care by the U.S. led by the U.S. Go ahead, James. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because because I'm thinking like in order, like first thing that, that because. In terms of one of the, the concerns about humanitarian assistance and stuff like that is that because it's it's now considered like a failed state and and the the, the these um different groups control the entire country like then when humanitarian aid like get to the country um these um forces are going to come in and and just swoop in and take away whatever like if if you're sending like food aid, like medical aid, they're just going to come in and take away stuff. So I understand the security that, that they're going to need outside help in terms of, you know, securing, even if it's securing half of the country, you know, because like, just like how in, um, in Nigeria, they are like um, rebel stronghold, but there are areas that um, the rebels, um, they don't have any, any saying or, or any footprint in those areas. So even if it's to, to take back half of the country and, and start rebuilding from there. They're going to need some outside um, help. And I understand not wanting the U.S. I understand, you know, that's why I believe that we have to be open to, like, even, you know, Africa getting involved, like, you know, particular Nigeria or South Africa, one of those, you know, Ghana, like one of those countries getting involved in terms of, like, just providing security. You're not going there to... To like say like war and kill off the, the rebel forces, but set up checkpoints where they're not coming <laughs> over certain areas. So, but I I think like sitting down and doing nothing is not an option. But even if they have to have like a some type of referendum or whatever, and ask the people what do you want? Um, if they if if they don't trust the government and they think that the Americans put in that government, get rid of them and put in someone that the people say like put in this interim government and let the people decide and then outside um forces can come in and help humanitarian or whatever but let the people decide who they want to lead interim uh which country they're open to come in to come in and assist them and just take it from there we can't help them without them um helping us to help them you know so right and james we've been saying that and other leaders have been saying that Listen to the people of Haiti. Sit down and talk to them. We, we've been saying it, but nobody not listening. Go right ahead. But the people had who they want, and they assassinated them. 
<laughs> so anybody that they want going to be assassinated and that's going to keep happening i'm not saying that but i'm saying you you assassinated the legitimate president mm -hmm. and now you can't go back and ask them who they want to lead when you kill who they elected to lead them isn't that oxymoron Barbados debt, Barbados's debt conversion to transform maritime sector. Story courtesy of Barbados.loopnews.com. Not to cut off the Haiti situation, but you know something? It, it, until they're ready to listen to the Haitians and do right by the Haitians, it's going to be an ongoing situation. They don't respect Haitians. They don't. Right? Haiti and Haitians leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I really, the, the, the honest truth is I, at this point, I'm beginning to believe that they have made these statements are pretending to care. But if you could be a fly on the wall, they really don't give to a rat's ass about Haiti and the Haitians. That's my, that's where I am right now. Nobody in the world really cares. That's the only way I'm left to feel. Because nobody's listening to them. You, you purposefully go in and damage them. Break them down. All because how many years ago they decided to stand up for themselves. And it has been a downward spiral for them ever since. May not happen in our lifetime. But one day, one day, one day, they shall rise up again one day just we just don't know when right now i think all these different nations just they kind of have the trump mindset just like to be in the news yeah that's what i think it is at this point they don't care they really don't care let, let, let them stay which part i'm there sorry barbados's debt conversion with the inter-american development bank idb and the nature conservancy tnc last september is expected to transform the island's maritime sector. Permanent Secretary in the Blue Economy Division of the Ministry of the Environment and National Beautification, Sonia Foster, outlined this as she stated that the debt conversion will make use of an innovative and efficient structure to maximize savings generated for maritime conservation purposes. And we head on down to Bonaire. Bonaire reports, um, I should say head west to Bonaire, yeah. Bonaire reports improved stay over arrivals in February 2023. Good for you. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Bonaire's tourism industry continues to rebound from the impacts of coronavirus. The Tourism Corporation of Bonaire, TCB, reported that it received 15,811 they almost said stray overs, stay overs last month, which is 15.4% more than the island received in February 2019. TCB said Dutch and American visitors accounted for over 11,000 stay over visitors. Most of the American travelers, travelers were over 55, while most Dutch travelers were over 45. Okay. Our question. Um. I went to Bonaire when I was a child, but is it that the for that demographic, is it 
because there's nothing really going on in Bonaire or in the ABC Islands. It's just a chill vibe, the beach, and that's it. Why you have that age group? No, predominantly that age group? Yeah. Okay. Those are considered like, a lot of those islands are, um, you know, like yacht, you know, people that go on their yacht and go there. And, you know, some of those like, you know, rich white folks, because there's no, a lot of them, there's no like nightlife. Um, so there's no like spring break type of vibes. So it's just like, you know, chill, you know, eat some pizza in the, in the daytime, eat some steak at night and, you know, drink some red wine and go to bed. That's it on the beach. So, yeah. So how do I work off the fat? Go swim. <laughs> go swim with sharks. <laughs> Okay, James, when you win the lotto, send my share so I can buy a yacht and, you know, cruise around the ABC Islands, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. All right. Anyway, uh, interestingly, most of their folks come from New York, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, California, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Minnesota. All right. And we head on over to Jamaica for our next set of stories. Pregnant, quote-unquote. I don't know why they put it in quotation. It's either she's pregnant or she's not. A pregnant woman on $2.5 million gas station fraud rap has been granted bail. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. A female gas station manager was granted $700,000 bail after she was charged with larceny as a servant relative to $2.5 million that has gone missing from the business's account. The accused, 30-year-old Sasha Gay Lee of Portmore, St. Catherine, appeared in the St. Catherine Parish Court on Friday. Lee was initially granted a $1 million bail after her attorney argued that she, Lee, is pregnant and is a fit candidate for bail, as she would obey any bail conditions that are imposed. But the attorney subsequently said the sum for the bond would be too much for Lee to get posted. Senior parish judge Desiree Elaine later shaved off 300000 from the initial bail amount and ordered Lee to return to court on April 21st. It is alleged that Lee... Um, it is alleged that Lee allegedly defrauded $2.5 million from the gas station in Spanish Town St. Catherine between November 22 and February 2023. Reports from the Spanish Town Police are that now complainant uh, conducted an audit of his business account to which Lee had access. The complainant discovered that the sum was missing from the account. The police said Lee was confronted and the matter was reported to the station. Lee was later arrested and subsequently charged. Hmm. Um, question in Jamaica, do you have to pay the full amount or is it 10% of the bail amount? How does it work? You have to come up with the full, um, $700,000 to be able to be released. From what I remember, like assets, you can put up assets too. So like put up like your property or something like that. You know, but you know what you know what I'm discovering in recent times moments mm -hmm. is that it seems like the Jamaican women are smarter at being bad than the men. 
Why are you still yeah. not James? No, because, okay, so like years ago, like I had a, a friend in Jamaica that wrote a book about how smart like women, like Jamaican women cheating for like decades without their husband knowing and how men are lousy. Men are lousy at cheating and like he interviewed he interviewed women and stuff like that for the book. And women 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 were saying like men make stupid mistakes like like <laughs> No, I'm trying I'm, I'm sorry James, go on, because when you're done I'm No, story, no, you were say you were saying that men make stupid mistake like going and cheating and then using like say for example a dove soap. So when he gets home, the wife knows say like I've never bought dove soap in my life. So how you smell a dove? You know, a simple mistake like that. <laughs> That women would never make. <laughs> so, so what I'm realizing now from from over the situation, like how all of a sudden this woman go to court and all of a sudden she's crazy, right? And and you know they must let her out from bail because she she can't you know she 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 don't have the mental capacity to to, to be in prison like she's losing it. Um, to see the the Usain Bolt thing with this woman. Strong, healthy, good-looking woman. All of a sudden, she, she aged like about twenty-five years. In a wheelchair. In, in, in a month. Eh? And in a wheelchair, no sir. Uh, in a wheelchair. So yeah. So and and so so I'm wondering, no, this did this woman just go get pregnant because she somebody just a pregnant woman? <laughs> <can't go to> <laughs> oh Jesus! But you know what? I'm gonna be honest though. No man can cheat like a woman. Remember me tell you, we slicker than y'all. Y'all get caught real quick, real easy. Y'all are sloppy with it. If, a, if you find out that your woman is cheating, it's because she wants you to know. Anyway, give you a joke. Lord have mercy. I chat the people in business. So, there's someone <laughs> that we know. He was served with divorce papers. Now, oops, sorry, I'm here mashing up stuff served with divorce papers recently but his wife has been telling him that she wants a divorce anyway so a couple years ago he went to a hotel with his ex as he pulled up no like he got to the hotel checked in so you know credit card swipe he got a call from his wife. Where are you? Him go tell the wife um, that he is... Rosola, your mic is open. He go tell the wife that he is somewhere else. She said nothing further. Well, fast forward a couple of years now that she has served the divorce papers. And, oh, also... He now has another side piece that, you know, he keeps going to look for. And he's there a lot. So, now he's served with divorce papers. She wants out. She tells her brother the reason and everything that she has been keeping a track of. Um, the brother, of course, and he are, you know, they talk very well. And the brother is letting him know, oh, that time when you went to the hotel, she knew you were there. She knew the moment you pulled into the drive, <laughs> the parking lot, and then she had access to your credit card. She was able to see what happened. So I said, no, that's a damn. You know, I would be like, uh, if I were the man, I'm not a professional cheater, but if I were that man, 
And my wife come to me and say, I noticed at the hotel, blase, blase. As a matter of fact, let me ask Uno, what Uno would I say? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> Moments. Moments, you got me laughing. <laughs> oh my God, I needed that laugh this morning. Right, tell me. Anybody, look, anybody that cheats, use cash, please. That's all I got to say, use cash. Use cash. Exactly. Exactly. Use cash. And if you can't use cash, and the, the, the hotel say you have to use a card, you know, go buy one um, gift card around the, the, around the convenience store. Go buy a gift card. Use your cash and pay for the gift card. But okay, let's say none of those options are available to you. What could you have said to your wife? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, no. Uh, to be reasonable, you know, oh, my friend, one of my brethren, um, and wife put him out in an Moments, don't give anybody any ideas. <laughs> don't give them no ideas. Please, stop it. We gotta school them. <laughs> Let the woman talk. <laughs> have to school them. You know, one wants to say, my brethren, wife put him out in on him. No, no money should take away everything. So I go up there, go help him out. Say, no, you go confess. So, and the thing is this. She tracking your behind and you were driving her vehicle. She tracking your behind. He was driving her vehicle. He's driving her vehicle. And he used a credit card. And use a credit card. He shouldn't cheat. He shouldn't cheat. <laughs> he should just stay with her. He's an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> And tell him I said so. All right. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Listen, man. And you know, the, you know the other thing that I find super amusing? Have you ever watched men at the mall with their women? And another woman walks by. And he, he, can't, he better hold his head straight. He can't turn and look. But then you'll watch a woman and how she, she, she slick with it to turn and look at another man as he goes by. Listen, men. Y'all sloppy, really sloppy. And you know what the problem is with you all? You change your routine. Because men are mundane with certain things. It's the same thing. Every day. Same pattern. Same moments. Pattern. Why, are you why are you telling the secrets, moments? Why, why, why are you telling? Because I'm, <laughs> you know, we got you know, yeah, it. They don't need no help. They don't need no help. How are we gonna win if you tell everything? <laughs> next story, next story. See, that's why, that's why, that's why I just don't hide. You just do what you're doing. They are adapted. Why, why Javit? Javit, why are you hated? <laughs> exactly. No, that's why y'all so quiet. Y'all yeah. got y'all pen and papers yeah. out taking notes. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> we ain't taking no advice. notes. You have to pay her for a workshop. Next story. Can you repeat number one moment? No. <laughs> nah. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Number one, don't Thanks cheat. Moments. Don't, don't cheat, cheat because it's out your league, right? Y'all can't do it. So <laughs> can't take straight. Moment, moments. That's, you that's know why I don't me. hide moments. So, uh, you don't hide. You just do it. <laughs> moments with me, he would walk out the hotel and to an empty car spot. My car, God, my car, boss man, you not reach home. Not find another way. Not reach home. 
You might st- I might even stand out by my car and drive out when they drive off when I'm come back. You taking my car? Oh Jesus! Mm-mm. Oh Lord! It's funny, yo. Really funny. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I'm. I'm gonna say this. You know, and men say, "Oh, y'all treat us like we're kids." Guess what? We ask you questions. We already know the answers too. We just giving you the opportunity to come clean. That's all it is, folks. So men, word to you know, words of wisdom. No matter with a line, just be upfront and forthcoming with whatever it is. Don't but because we already know. We built into our DNA and our system is something that y'all don't have. Right? You ever saw that thing? How you know your man cheating? You think he cheating? Yeah. Well, that's how you know. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just sloppy. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Anyway, next story. <laughs> Teach- Yes, we will be holding a conference <laughs> a workshop. What, what, what was that book? How to get away with murder? How to get away with cheating? <laughs> Man, you can Rosolo, you have your email working. It's work. It's, it's email is working fine. <clears throat> we will have a registration link up shortly. <laughs> and there will be a registration fee. Yes. Mm-hmm. This, this information is not free, gentlemen. No, not at all. Keep doing what you're doing, how you're doing it, and live your best until you'd want to join the class. <laughs> and they would still fail. Gee, listen. And they would still fail. Kona, listen. Moments is giving you some great pointers right here. I'm sure no can't tell me two right now. I'm, I love you guys. I love you. Because hear what Jim said. Repeat number one. Repeat number one. <laughs> I love James, you guys. I, I don't know about you, but I feel attacked. <laughs> That's why I end with the I love you. <laughs> That's why I end with the I love you. I love you all. Oh my gosh. You know what? Yeah, I needed that laugh. I needed it. Y'all, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Next up, teacher sick outs, sit-ins, crippled some schools on Monday. Scores of educators across the island have staged sit-ins or have been calling in sick at various schools to voice their displeasure at the proposed salaries being offered to them by the government under the new compensation review. Some public sector teachers are also upset at the way the Jamaica Teachers Association has handled the, the negotiations under the review and have argued that school principals will mainly benefit from what has been proposed by the government. In Clarendon, classes were dismissed early at Kellett's High School as according to Principal Texel Christie, only nine of the 63 teachers on staff reported for classes on Monday. Um, here's the thing. You have to be reasonable with teachers. Oh, I have to give you this joke. So I'm talking to my mom, and you all know by now that she's a retired educator, right? So a couple of days ago in speaking to her, she said, my hand middle keep itching me. So I said, which hand? She said, her right hand. I said, why that sound like, you know, you're going to pay out some money? And she said, itching her really bad. Anyway, yesterday she says, 
I know why my hand was itching me. I'm getting some money. I'm like, yes, we're rich. Where the money coming from? That's all. You give me a hundred dollars. I'm rich. I am real rich. So, um, I'm like, yes, we're rich. Notice she said she's getting money, but I'm claiming it. Right. And I'm like, where are you getting money? Where are you getting it from? She's like, listen, the ministry did not forget about us retirees, you know, because initially it was only um, current educators who were going to benefit from a salary increase. So she said, oh, no, they're increasing our pension. So <laughs> she's dying with laughter. And I'm like, how much, mommy? How much? How much? She's like, a whopping $22,000. So I said, per week, she laughed. I said, per month, she said, please, per year. I said, Minister Education, I do all that something. How about the blouse and skirt people for doing 22,000 Jamaican dollars for the year? What is that going to do? I think that's an insult, quite frankly. And it depends on your scale, right? Depends on your um the number of years you were in service it depends on the the um so she she was also a high school principal they put a lot of factors in what the hell what is she going to do with twenty two thousand dollars in jamaica that's not even two thousand dollars a month what is she gonna do with that and you might say well be grateful but grateful for an insult Grateful for an insult? What is 20? Where's my calculator? Because the bus. Javet, where are you? That's exactly $1,833 a month. On top of the nothing you're already getting. Divide that by 154. That's $11.90 US for you all to understand because you know us we're talking all right you see um if we want to make certain progress in our societies there are some professions we have to prioritize teaching is one of them teaching the nursing and the medical field because you have to focus on education and health and in order to really make the progress that we say we would like to make we have to make those profession attractive to 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 attract the best talents because these are the people that are shaping the nation they are shaping the future they are shaping the youths so it has to be a case where the governments have to be willing to take a hit if you should say so in those sectors to make sure teachers are happy provide for them give them decent salary that they can live on and retire on and so on and we would reap the benefit a couple of years from now but we cannot continue to just recycle people through teaching as a profession and a lot of these people go in just because they have nothing else to do nobody even want to become a qualified teacher because they can't even afford a mortgage and then we're talking about preparing the youths and uh, and forging it's counterproductive i don't know what they're thinking donnell i really don't know what they're thinking Excuse me. I have seen um, several young teachers who want to remain in Jamaica. Excuse me. Because 
They don't want to leave. They believe in Jamaica. They want to see Jamaica improve. They want to contribute however they can to making Jamaica a better place by reaching the youth, educating the youth, instilling certain morals and values in the youth. But there comes a time when you're going to have to make a choice. Do I live for good name and can't pay my bills? Or do I take that leap of faith and go overseas? Well, guess what? They're going to make the choice to go overseas. And what does that do? It puts a further brain drain on our country. And then we're going to talk about importing labor. How are you going to import labor? Because you, you, you have a shortage when you have qualified people that you're running away because you're not paying them. Make that make sense to me. Wouldn't it be better for you to have a revised package that would encourage them and motivate them to stay and say, no, sir, I don't need to go abroad because it's real good here for me. We also have to devise some innovative ways to utilize the resources we have. There are people, because you turn 65 or so, don't mean you're automatically obsolete. We could design programs where some of these same retiree teachers and people of other profession could, we could utilize them. Even if you pay them a stipend, some of them will do it for free. And these are the people that can be the mentors for the young people coming up. These are people that can help you to effect proper policies and stuff because they live the life. But too often, somebody get to retirement age and we just discard them like they have nothing to offer. It doesn't work like that. Well, I tell you something, um, Donald. This I will say. Many of those who, well, uh, let me not say many, but quite a few of those who have retired over the years have gone on to serve in other areas within the ministry. For example, I can speak about my mom. She worked with the education board where she would go around the island going into schools, right? after she. This is after she retired. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. She did contract work for the University of the West Indies. She sat on boards of other high schools. She was involved in the um, credit union for teachers. Um, she was also heavily involved in spelling bees. So CXC, mark grading CXC papers, she was involved in that. Um, so she did quite a bit of work. They, they do use a lot of retired teachers. Oh, that is good. That is good. They do. I was speaking subject correction. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, you shouldn't have to, when you, you decide, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Right? She's. You should still be able to have a decent pension check coming in. That's not the case. That's not the case. And you're absolutely right. Many of them can serve as mentors. She still serves as a mentor. People are still calling her, asking her for advice, although she has put down, shed most of her um, workload. She's probably only sitting on one board now for one high school, and that's it. But, <clears throat> excuse me, she, people still reach out to her for consult. And I say you need to start charging people in. Because you give her free advice. But, you know, that's her way of giving back however she can. You know, but we, we need to do better. 
we need to do better for our teachers. We need to do better by our nurses, or those who work in the healthcare facility um, industry. Sorry, we really need to do better. Yeah, moments. I think you see if when you look at the the budget, like every year. Um, I would say teachers, police officers, nurses. When you look at government workers in 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 Jamaica. And you look at the budget and what's allotted to those um, sector, you would say you would look and say, okay, the government are prioritizing those sector because they are some of the highest paid in government. I believe that the problem is when you have like a, you know, over fifty percent informal structure where there's not enough tax revenue coming in. When you have all of these MPs that are hustling, even MP go as far as um, politicians hustling the, the school feeding program and stuff like that. So if there's not enough money coming into the kitty, when you look at the budget, there's not enough money to pay government workers. So I believe that in order to fix this, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to cut. Um, they're going to have to bring even 85%, 80%, 75% of the, the you know, Jamaica economy to, to be like a formal structure, like we're, 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 we're taking tax money from mechanics, we're taking tax money from barbers and, and, and these people because, you know, they're using roads, they're, they're, they're using infrastructure also. And then to start prosecuting politicians, the same way we, we have a limit now for like gun laws and stuff like that. They need to put a limit for corruption. Like if, you, if you're caught with your hand in the kitty, like 20, 20 years. So like a no-nonsense approach. So all of these politicians stop hustling the system and then there'll be more money in the, in, the, in the bank to pay teachers, to pay nurses and to pay police officers, you know? Because if there's no money to pay, the government is simply going to come and say, like when the finance minister come up, he's going to say, look, this is the budget. 15% um, goes to teacher. Another 15% goes to police. And, and when they do the breakdown, you're going to, you're not going to be able to argue because you're going to say, okay, they prioritize these people, but there's not enough money in the kitty. They need to get more money. That's, that's the problem with Jamaica. I, I agree with you, James, but let me ask a question. Is it that there's no money, not enough in the kitty, or they are not disbursing the funds reasonably? Because they seem to find it for other things. There, there's not enough moments. They're, they're always okay. borrowing. Because the thing is like, you know, as stated like over over and over again like most countries that are doing reasonable well like you look at say america canada stuff like that when you look at the structure um it's it's either like 70 percent or up formal structure like and you you look at you know america and canada in particular what i know about if you mess with them their tax money it, it like you get away with murder easier than getting away with, with robbing government money, like tax money. So I believe that the Jamaican government need to put in policies like that to make sure that tax money is coming in because at the end of the day, the country is a non-profit. It's a non-profit. It's we are paying. It is not like a, a industry where they're, they're, they're um, supply demand and you're making money based on your, you're not making money. You're using taxpayers' money to run the country. So, like, if, if, if people are not paying tax, then the country can't run. And that's the government's fault. They have, they have made no um, attempt 
to, to fix the, the, the structure of the country. It's been like this for 40 years. So you we're know? like a tap that can't, that, with a leaky faucet then. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's like, it's like, it's just like, it's simple. It's like running a house. Yeah. Like if, 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 you, if, you, if you're bringing a hundred dollars, you can't spend a hundred and fifty dollars. You have to spend within a hundred dollars. And, and that's what's happening. We're not bringing in enough money. Like, and, and the thing is like, some of the people in Jamaica that are not paying tax, live the best life, <laughs> have the, the biggest hairstyle, them, the biggest car, like even the entertainment industry, like a lot of these guys, I, I'm surprised I'm hearing like entertainers, like, like I'm um, charging 250,000 US for a show, for a show. And, and when they charge that in America, 250,000 US for a show in America, for a concert, and the American government um, hold on to 30% of, of that. And the Jamaican government get nothing, you know, and they are living the biggest life, you know. So we need to pay, need to find a way to, to bring the tax up to code. Right. All right. Thank you. I understand, James, and I agree that they have to um, raise, you know, funds and formalize some of the structure. But how are we going to do that effectively if the Auditor General is saying that even the Ministry of Finance has not submitted a proper report in the last three years? How people are going to have confidence in you? How people are going to have confidence in you to implement any wide-scale policy change when they don't even have confidence that you are even following the same rules that you want to set for them? Therein lies then we the have problem. a problem. Therein lies the problem, Donald. Therein lies the problem. We, ha we have a failing system. Yeah, because one can argue that it's not a lack of money. Or people could just say, okay, we agree. We, are, we agree to get tax. Show us the proper audit reports and the proper financial report from the Ministry of Finance alone. I'm not even talking about those that was 10 years back. Show us these reports in these government institutions. Show us that the taxes and the money that you're already collecting are being utilized properly. Show us where these monies are going, how they are utilized, and then we could say, yes, you need more. But if you can't even show how you're utilizing it properly because there is the absence of basic reports, how are you going to ask them to, to, to add more to their burden? Yeah. And yeah. yes, we do have to formalize some of these informal um, setting, um, industries, but the government has to do a better job internally also. Yeah. I agree with both James. Morning, morning. Good morning, Kalisha. I agree with both James and, and Daniel. I agree. The Jamaica system needs a complete overall. But I think that sometimes when we speak about it, we also forget that Jamaica is a debt, right? We're heavily in debt. There's a lot of debt that we keep paying back. And so when you hear people talk, it's like, oh, we'll get money. Where's some all of the money ago? So let's say a few years ago, pretty much 90 cents of every dollar. We <laughs> paying debt. So we had like 10 cents to work with. Mm -hmm. um, let's say some uh, 20, 25 years ago, it was like, say, 140, so every, which is one of the problems we had when the recession came and they were talking about consecutive governments were talking about, you have to tighten your belt, you have to tighten your belt. Because for every dollar we made, we had to be borrowing 40 cents to put on that dollar to pay back the debt. And I think that a lot of people, what a lot of people have missed is that even though Jamaica is failing, in my opinion, in many sectors, mm -hmm. actually the country is improving. And that is so because I think in the last budget thing, um, where we are now compared to where we were 25 years ago, where we are now is every seven, I think 75 
excuse me, 75 cents for every dollar that we now use to finance debt because we're bringing our debt down. And as we all know, the ripple effect of that is when you clear the debt, you have more money in the budget to play with mm-hmm. to now into infrastructure and health and education. All along the joke, the country just never had money. It never had money. And as a young person on the ground in Jamaica, I know that leading up to COVID, <laughs> leading up to COVID, like it's, the, it's true, leading up to COVID, a lot of young people were saying that they felt like the country was going in a place where it made sense. That was at the time when the finance minister had done a, some, he had we, we, um, did some tax overall where he had reduced income tax, he reduced the percentage on transfer tax and property tax and all of that. Lots of young people were saying, hey, this makes sense. Could give it a few years, see how we trickle down. And then COVID came <laughs> and it knocked the world pretty much right. off its axis. And I think if just even the other day, a lot of the international rating companies were saying, there was an article out of England too, were saying that, hey, economically, Jamaica looks good. And understand that the people on the ground might not know it because for us, it's dollar to dollar. We just want to be able to buy the bread. But a lot of people don't understand the macroeconomic and how it trickles down. But financially, the country is not doing so bad. We're really not doing so bad. And it's going to continue taking some effort. The problem we're having, as I think it's another point, whoever pointed it out, we still have in our face people who are stealing monies mm-hmm. and they take the money and we don't hear them being held accountable. That is the problems everybody just take. So, and I agree, too many people go untaxed in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too many structures. And I've been saying this for you, you need to tax everybody because what you find is a mega, mega, probably the, the, all of the government workers carry the burden. It's the other one carry the burden of the country on their backs because them can't dodge a tax man. No. And they, their salaries get taxed heavily. Mm-hmm. Canada. <laughs> which like jesus christ <laughs> but but in the same breath there are infrastructures in canada that accounts for the taxes in jamaica you're paying the taxes and for many of us you don't see the, the garbage truck don't come every couple whatever <laughs> uh, talk about it your car tire broke off because of the pothole mm-hmm. but a lot of i'll say this a lot of us like in the 30s, so many of us who haven't left yet, who had the opportunity, myself included, is because we're still holding on to hope mm-hmm. that where it is now is not as bad as where it was before. And the future still looks like it's going to make sense. Right. For, that is why many of us are still here. So it's really not as bad. Again, I don't want to make it, it is oversimplified because people on the ground are suffer. Right. Struggle real bad, mm-hmm. but understand it. Our biggest problem right now is not the financial sector; it's crime. Crime. It's crime. crime. If crime. we get crime under control, I am telling you, give Jamaica probably a solid ten years on the path it is on, and we would be up. Listen, you probably would have recognized this because we're, it, it's just this morning. I was talking to one of my, my friends, and she said to me. I can't find a hotel room anywhere. <laughs> Everything is booked out. I don't understand how Ed Bartlett managed to keep all of these rooms gone. I said, he appears to be working, so the money is coming in. It's just, and, and I feel for the teachers, you know. I feel for them. I feel for the <laughs> Kelisha, don't talk about it. 
is not even the teachers and the police. The problem is, across the board, government workers are not being paid enough. Facts. Because, as, as James correctly said, they make good money, you know, on paper when you look at the numbers. Like, you have people, bef- well, before this restructuring, I don't understand it fully yet. I see the people them complaining about it. I mean, a, a principal at one of these schools is making 300000 plus some additional benefits a month. In Jamaica's and dollars and cents. It de- and hold on, Kalisha, for the principals, I'll let you know. It depends on the grade of the school. It depends on the population of the school. It depends if you are in um, Kingston and St. Andrew versus um, in rural parts. So a lot of things determine how much you get paid as a salary. You know, I don't want people to feel every principal get the same amount. No, they don't. If it's a private institution, if it's government and you have the degree, it's scaled. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm working with, the qualified. Because in the first place, I'm just like, if there's a standard to, for you to be able to teach, I don't understand how you don't meet it and you teach. That, mm-hmm. that. But that's for a different discussion. Yes. Yes. There are, poli- there, are, there are police officers in some ranks in Jamaica, of course, you have to rank them, who make, <laughs> before tax, some $600,000. So it is there. Like, <laughs> on paper, the money is being made. But of course, our val- dollar val- dollars, the inflation, cost of living is going up so much. Everything is going up. But, but across, not getting paid. But properly. let me add something to this too, which is, which is very concerning to me, okay? If mm-hmm. you, all right, you, 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 your income, your earned income, if you're a business owner in Jamaica, right? And you have to turn over your GCT because that's not your money. GCT is government. Just like here in the States, sales tax is not your money. It has to be turned over. So we don't argue about that, right? Now, after you have whatever you have as your earned income. So let us say you make $100,000. Government box with 25% of that. So right away, 25000 goes to them. You're left with 75,000. We're not talking about NIS. We're not talking about NHT. We're not talking about education tax yet. So by the time you're done, you know what you're left with? Probably half of that 100,000 that you worked very hard for. Which is why I said initially that I agree with James, which is why we have to formalize the taxi. Exactly. Because Reduce. it will ease the burden for other people, Kalisha. It's been the problem for years. And the, 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 the wealthier people, of course, know how to get around the system of paying the taxes. You know, you create a company and you write off things and you tell the government what you made instead of having to prove it to them. I mean, it's a rough situation. It's rough. It is rough. Yeah, yeah moments. And I think, I think the frustration, like for me, for someone like me and a lot of other Jamaicans, the, the, the frustration for me is that if you don't know, then you don't know. But Jamaica, the government, the politicians, this, this is public knowledge for over 50 years. Like, I, I go back to, to, to Siaga, Edward Siaga days. This was, you know, because Jamaica always have people in the diaspora who go, went to England back in the days, went to France, before America became a place where Jamaicans wanted to go. They go all over the world, and they saw you know, what other countries were doing. And 
always came back to Jamaica and did not keep the information. They wanted Jamaica to be better because most Jamaicans living outside of Jamaica want to come back home. They, 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 they don't leave Jamaica because they don't love Jamaica. They want to build Jamaica. And from Edward Siaga days, um, Edward Siaga been, people have been telling, you have been getting advice about the tax, bringing Jamaica tax um, up to up to, to 85%. And I think because like a lot of these politicians are lazy. So Edward Siaga, um, um, how he, he, he decided to solve the problem was bringing the GCT because the GCT wasn't always there. Right. That was a good idea. That, that brought a lot of revenue um, to the government. But just imagine if at that time when he brought that in, that was just a buffer and they made a pledge at that time to say, look, you know, they got advice about, you know, fixing the tax office, getting um, people going out in the street um, in, 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 um, to formalize business, educating them, um, putting them, bringing them in the, 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 the tax stream. You know, like going to to mechanic shop, you know, they, they have like people out there like going in, like how oh, you have inspectors in other places, like health inspectors, getting inspectors to go out there, um, make sure these businesses were up to code. Edward Siaga didn't do it. Um, after after that, PJ didn't do it. Like none of them. And, and up to today, like, as I said, I, I went to like a tax, a, a, a money seminar like 20 years ago. And a lot of politicians were sitting there. And there's a financial advisor. And there's this, this guy, um, Lisa Anna's ex-husband too. Like, he's like a financial wizard too. He was there. A lot of people were there and, and telling, talking about how Jamaica is going to move. At the time, I think it was about 55%. And they were saying that 55% formal economy, you're on life support. People were surprised that Jamaica even had road roads and and, and 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 have running water because no country have roads and running water as i told you like look at um zimbabwe zimbabwe like you have light you mean, hold like, on what do you mean no the countries don't have road and running water James? no hold no on, no on, on. no country has proper infrastructure with under 60 percent it, it doesn't okay. work like that it have to be formal so look as i said zimbabwe is is like about 45 percent formal Zimbabwe, mostly dirt roads. Um, Zimbabwe, like, um, we call load shedding. Like, you have only the rich people have light 24 hours a day. I have a friend who lives in Zimbabwe now, and she only get internet, like, in the night, uh, and, and water, six hour a day, light, 12 hour a day, and stuff like that. And for Jamaica to be running, Jamaica, in terms of, like, the technology, the, the high-speed internet, and all this stuff, is a miracle just imagine what it would be if we brought it up to 85 percent you know instead of under 60 percent yeah and that's the frustrating part because we can't do it we, we have the people jamaicans are are over the world all over the world doing amazing things so why as, hold why on james as you said that as you said that thank you for saying that jamaicans all over the world that does remind me to ask a quick question um because from my memory when back there i don't remember us taxing um, remittance money because I think that's a huge missed opportunity for us right six percent ten percent whatever is coming in because them a lot of these people who are getting remittance money not pay formal taxes so that's another way to capture 
some money and ease the burden on those who are typically paying the other thing whole laundry the other thing oh my gosh it, i had it right there but um oh real quick let me just let everyone know here it is um so what is the tax rate in jamaica personal income tax rate 30 percent corporate tax rate 25 percent and sales tax rate 15 percent that's what i wanted to say go ahead i'm so sorry james finish up and then over to you dre oh james you're well, finished okay yeah well i was going to say i don't think they should tax remittance i'm not i'm not agree with that because that's like easy money and and that would be like another like easy way to just avoid like bringing jamaica up to the tax code but as i said like and 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 as jamaicans when we travel because like, I remember when I just went to Bermuda, and I remember one evening I was sitting down in Bermuda, and I started thinking, and big man, I sit down and I start crying. Because I'm, <laughs> no, no mind, seriously. No mind, no mind, no mind. No, I sat down and I, I cried like tears because I went to this island that was a volcano island. There's nothing that grows in Bermuda. Nothing. You, you know, they don't grow coconut, they don't grow mango, nothing grows there. And this place is one of the richest places in the world. And when I went to this country, working in the hospitality industry, making 10 times more per week than what I was making in Jamaica. And Jamaica had like, hospitality industry was like a million times better. Like I, I, I cried because I'm like, this shows me that Jamaica is a first world country. It's just a politician, is the politician preventing us from from you know realizing our full potential right all you right know, i'll just leave it there thank you james go ahead dre and then donnell oh no james uttered what i want to say i was just saying remittance are non-taxable because they're gifts okay so yeah on that <laughs> at that point i, I, I kind of disagree with that but i see where you're going yeah, 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 we, we no, need the money we need the money and I, tax it. exactly dre and the scale is imbalanced you have as kalisha pointed out i want to say at least 30% of Jamaican, the population in Jamaica, is who is carrying the burden. 30%. That's my honest feeling. Give or take. But okay, Donald, you're next, and then we're going to move on to the next story. Go ahead, Donald. Donald. Okay, you probably can't speak again. Yes, um, oh, okay. moment. Sorry, <laughs> I was on mute. Yeah. Yeah, first I wanted to um, agree with James on not taxing the remittance money and you're looking at this foreign exchange coming in so you really don't want to mess with that too much. Okay. Secondly, um, informalizing some of this informal structure. One of the biggest issue is with taxes is collection. And you could you could put the tax in place but if the government cannot get that money, it's a waste of time. Okay. And so depending on the tax structure you use, it's difficult to go to mechanic shops and barber shops and those stuff and them and get them um, to pay the taxes per se. Sometimes, you know, depends on the structure you have. What can work for us though, however, is like a flat tax. Where if you get a, a barber license, you get a license and you you could work at an average tax that would not be a deterrent to people going into to barbering. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, you pay $100 a year for your license and every month you have to pay $25. That is a flat tax. Okay. Once you're operating, you pay that money. And make it a way easy that it can be remitted on a monthly basis. Okay. 
So if you do that with some of these formal structure, informal structures until we get to a point where we could develop a more sophisticated method of doing it. Of course, there will be people making a lot of money that will get away with it. Or we could say, okay, if you make X amount a year, then it could be a review or something like that. But you have to find a way to get the money quickly, cheaply and easily to the government. And that money now has to be able to be channeled back into the sector. The, the economy to make it really worth the while. So it's easy to put a tax in place, but we have to also bear in mind how are the government going to collect the taxes. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, on the heels of that conversation, here comes our next story. Jamaicans falling out of love with the JLP and PNP, according to Anderson. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM.com. Pollster Don Anderson says the Jamaican electorate is fast falling out of love with both major political parties. The poll was commissioned to, among other things, gauge perception about the PNP's standing relative to the governing JLP. It has been a consistent pattern, you know. When you look at the voter turnout, and there's data that I have that speaks to a growing level of apathy in the political process, it is startling. And I think what it says is there is a turnoff amongst the electorate, and I would not be surprised, not be surprised, but that when the next general election is called, unless there is some kind of impetus, some kind of injection, some kind of change or factors that would change the person's perception of the political process and the particular parties, then we could expect a law on the same kind of turnout as we saw in the 2030-20 election where the 38% turnout to vote. We know it was a COVID situation, but the fact is that that was a continuation of a significant decline in the participation of voters at the polls. The poll findings make for troubling reading for both Prime Minister Andrew Holness and opposition leader Mark Golding. They show that favorability ratings for both men have nosedived. Golding's negative performance rating was at 49% this year, up from 39% last year. The Prime Minister's, Prime Minister's negative performance rating is at 44%, compared to 27% last July. Mr. Anderson says the polls show that both parties are bleeding support across demographics. Among the people's national party, they're not attracting the young voters to the extent that they would like. They're also seem to be losing some of the older support because people are falling off the voting platform, so to speak. And for the Jamaica Labour Party, again, whilst we're attracting more of the younger voters than the People's National Party, there is a certain disenchantment amongst the young persons so that the pace at which young people come on board in the political process is very slow. And therefore, these are the challenges that they face. They have to find ways and means that they can reach out to the respective voters in the various demographic cohorts and absolutely, therefore, target specific messages. It's have a broad brush approach. You have to find out what it is, who it is that is actually tailing off, why they're tailing off, and how therefore you can address that kind of fall-off in the ratings that they're now receiving. That was Don Anderson, the pollster. What are the leaders going to do with this information? The numbers are in. The feedback is in. How are they going to pivot? And we're not talking about pivoting so you can campaign and just talk. We're talking about pivoting so that you can make effective change. People want to have hope. And I, I believe people have hope and faith in their country. But people don't want to just dream or think or talk. They want to see action. 
They want to see change. They want to be able to say, yes, I feel good. I work. I'm able to buy a house. And the truth is not everybody dreams of having a mansion, but everybody don't really want a mansion. People just want a decent house to live in. They want to know that the street that they have to walk on to get home is well lit. They want to know that there's no garbage piled up on that streetlight for days. They want to feel safe as they go about their day-to-day existence. The truth is, at the core, people are simple. But our minds start wandering because we're so burdened by the stresses and then we start dreaming of bigger things and bigger things and bigger things. And then it becomes daunting for us. Go right ahead, James. Yeah, so you know what I'm going to take from that poll? I'm going to take the positive. You know, that poll is showing me that the future of Jamaica is in good hands. You know, that poll is telling me that, like, you know, back in the days when I was growing up, when, you know, my dog a PMP, my, my a PMP, like everything that me had a PMP, that <laughs> no longer stands, right? And like that the, the, the young minds that are that are growing up in Jamaica now, that they can make a decision based on what is happening. Like, okay, like if we see a hospital go up and it went upon a this government, I'm gonna support this government because of that. Not because, you know, my dog a, a, a GLP or, or my cat a PMP or whatever. And that is a good sign because that shows that Young people are they're thinking for themselves now. The, 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 this whole tribal politics, this like gang member politics where like if your mother PMP, you have to be PMP, if your father JLP, that is almost extinct. So that's a good sign for the future of Jamaica. Right. PNP needs to do more effectively, do more to effectively market golding. I am accepting that we would have liked to see um, a greater increase in the numbers um, for the leader of the opposition. That's without question. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come here and pretend as if, um, you know, we're resting on our laurels and we're satisfied. There is work to do. And I thought I'd just explain that, you know, it's still a blank canvas and that we need to do more to market it so that people can understand who he is and what he stands for. General Secretary of the People's National Party, Dr. Dayton Campbell, says the party needs to do more effectively to market party president Mark Golding to the Jamaica people. He was reacting to the 10 percentage point increase in Golding's negative performance rating, as shown in polls conducted for the PNP by Don Anderson in February this year. Meanwhile, Dr. Campbell was asked why the latest poll findings should not result in a call for Mark Golding's resignation. It was Dr. Campbell himself who led the call for the resignation of former president, uh, PNP president, Dr. Peter Phillips, in the wake of similarly weak poll numbers. Who the leader of the party is at any one time. It is important, it is good, if you have a good relationship with that person, if you like that person. But as it is with a member of parliament in a constituency that I reside in, I am voting based on the policies of the PNP. It is good if I like the MP, but even if I don't, I would still be voting for the political party. So if the party is competitive, you're talking about a campaign during a, a time where the party itself was lagging behind in polls, and therefore a campaign was launched. 
Dr. Campbell says PNP supporters will have reason to feel optimistic when the party standings from the same Don Anderson survey are published. Yep. Um, We have work to do in Jamaica. We have a lot of work to do. And not just when it's time for vote. But we have some good news. Delta Airlines to increase weekly flights to St. James. That's not too bad, right? (laughs) Top U.S. airline Delta Delta is expensive, though, has increased the number of weekly flights between Boston, Massachusetts and Montego Bay, St. James. That's according to senior advisor and strategist in the Ministry of Tourism, Delano Seavright. It's a major boost for destination Jamaica. Um, We're talking about four flights per week by Delta Airlines between Boston and Montego Bay. Boston is a major hub in the northeast United States and and really serves a, a, a fairly well-off markets also. So the convenience mm-hmm. of travelers from Boston and surrounding areas in New England um, to travel to Jamaica has increased substantially. And as such, we expect to get more traffic and more folks out of that uh, specific section of the United States. The news follows the announcement by another U.S. carrier frontier of nine more weekly non-stop flights to Jamaica. The flights will arrive from Denver, Chicago, and St. Louis. Steve Wright says the additional airlift is proof of Jamaica's robust visitor arrival numbers. Our tourism numbers have been doing very well so far. We'll continue to pace ahead of, well, certainly 65% above where we were last year um, in terms of tourism, in terms of tourist arrivals, stopover arrivals. And compared to 2019, we're about 2, 3, 4% ahead of where we were. Uh, in 2019, which is the, the, the last good year really before COVID. So uh, Jamaica is essentially continuing to break records. Delano Sievright, Senior Advisor and Strategist in the Ministry of Tourism. Brand Jamaica is global, folks. It is. And you're absolutely right, Kalisha. We need to get the crime under control. Somehow, the crime is a deterrent for us Jamaicans in the diaspora, but not for others, it seems. Everybody else wants to go. Everybody else feels safe. So why is it then that us in the diaspora are very hesitant? We love our country to death, but we're hesitant. Oh, because stories are not generally targets. Generally not targeted. Hold on, Donald. Hold on. Sorry. Go ahead, Kalisha. Tourists are generally not targeted by criminals. You'll hear a one-off situation, but largely when people see in Jamaica, people see tourists, they see money, and they'll probably find a way to increase the price and charge you more than you should be charged. But largely, no tourists are not targets. But when you and remember, you know, our moments, a lot of the returning residents, but most times when they're killed, they're always usually killed by a family member. Are close, close friends. It's usually somebody they know. It's not random attacks. Right. So it's it's totally different. And then also remember that our structure, our tourism structure in Jamaica, is an all-inclusive model. So you pay one money, you come and you stay at the pool. A lot of them don't even go out in the streets. You know, like in Barbados or other parts of the Caribbean, you see tourists in the street interacting with the people. You don't necessarily get that as much because oftentimes when they take them out of the hotels to its guided tours, it's not just them wandering around and doing whatever they want. 
so it makes it less likely for them to even be targets of, of criminal activities because they usually have a guy there with them. But returning residents are different ballgame, different, different. So Kalisha, you're, you're there, you're on the ground. What would your recommendation be to the government um, as it relates to making those who are in the diaspora, returning residents, feel safe? Um, <laughs> moment to choose is, I don't think there's a one, there's no way the government can secure one particular section if crime is crippling Jamaica across the board. I mean, even this past week and a half, I'm, I was looking at my friend and I was saying, is it that there's a targeted approach in killing business people because about three or four got killed over the last couple of days? Yes, I noticed. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? You know, so it's, it's, uh, listen, I don't know how, but a crime in Jamaica, very, the very politicians are sometimes in bed with these criminals. They know who the criminals are. The justice system as an officer of the court and the justice system in Jamaica, it lacks so much. It's the, the time it takes, the legislation, the, this, the one the other day with the, the anti-gang one, the charge mm-hmm. them. The clan, them clansman gang, that one? Yeah. yeah, they're dropping out like flies one by one because some of them weren't charged under the right section of the law. And it's just a mess. It's just a mess across the board. I don't know. Jamaica want all upside down like a pants and shake out. Uh-huh. I really don't. Crime. And to fix crime in Jamaica is going to take a very, very hard approach. And then when it happens, I promise you this moment, any government who does it will fall out of favor of the people. Both political parties want to be favorable because they want to stay in power. And two, and so even if one go in, suffer the consequence, the second party will not continue because they too will be seen as the bad guy. And not only that, any tough measure that is put in place, the very same people sometimes in the diaspora, who in my opinion is oftentimes far removed from the physical life, mm-hmm. I've heard them even on this clubhouse platform they're oh my god and the government is wicked to poor people and it's like um <laughs> what do you want because nobody has ever fixed a system by patting people on the shoulder you know what i mean and then you're gonna have it's people because the human rights people only worry about certain sectors <laughs> and I, I'm, trust me I, even though i'm here talking i understand the intricacies of it i know but sometimes when you see them how how these particular sectors behave you're like what do you really want for jamaica you want it to or are you just pushing your own agenda you know what i mean yeah. there's no way we're going to have to be rough be it's going to have to be rough and some people are going to have to give up a little bit of rights here and there and it's going to require both sides you're going to have to be bipartisan it have to be both sides must sign on to it it cannot be a pnp or a glp thing it will have to be a jamaica thing and i don't see it happening because jamaica is a heavily tribalistic country and we need to move away from that mentality kalisha thank yeah. you so much go ahead donald no i was going to make the same point kalisha made um the model of tourism is mostly all-inclusive so a lot of the stories pay they go into a hotel everything is planned for them they do not really interact with the um the locals on an extensive basis and though they, that might be good for the numbers of visitors and so on what you find is the trickle-down effect is sort of non-existence in some way 
So the tourists is not going out there and supporting the local vendors, the local taxi, interacting with the people. So there is less money circulating. And if the owners of these um, hotels and so is expatriation the money, essentially what they do, you make the money and you, you take the money out of the country. So it, besides some of the employment and your numbers and so on, the impact is less than if it's a case where, as you said, in Barbados or those places where tourists would be move around and interact with the community and so on and spend more money on the ground. So that is why I was saying the numbers could be high, um, but the locals don't really want to go back. Because All right. Thank you, Donald. They, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I heard the noise in the background. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm okay. Done. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Kalisha. Joy said in the chat, Everybody does not feel safe. They are told not to go outside their hotel. So that's why they still go and feel safe. I have met a lot of non-Jamaicans um, and they question going to Jamaica and choose other destinations based on what they hear about crime in Jamaica. We have lost a lot of tourists due to crime. All right. Thank you, everyone, for your comment. I got to take a quick. Well, I got to do one more turn and then take a quick break. And keep it moving. James, 30, 30 seconds, go. Yeah, no, what, what I was going to say is that there's a solution that, that was brought forth years ago about creating um, a North Coast corridor, like from where Fern Gully right there, where it would be like its own municipality. But um, the, tours, the tourism, um, the hotel industry, the hotel association um, shut it down because that, that plan was supposed to... Um, from Ocho Rios to Runaway Bay, Montego Bay, Negril, like that would be like its own sector, its own um, section, and they would um, make the area safer and like for tourists like to leave out of their hotels and stuff. So the, the hotel association didn't want that. So this is a result of that. All right. Thank you so much. Joan Thomas Edwards appointed Jamaican High Commissioner to South Africa. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade Senator Kamina Johnson-Smith has announced the appointment of Joan Thomas Edwards as Jamaica's new High Commissioner to South Africa. High Commissioner-designate Thomas Edwards is a career diplomat with over 33 years working in the Jamaican Foreign Service. She, was, she is currently the Undersecretary with responsibility for the Foreign Trade Division at the Ministry. Mrs. Thomas Edwards served as Deputy High Commissioner at the Jamaican High Commission in London and Acting High Commissioner at the Jamaican High Commission in Pretoria. Edwards is expected to assume her new duties on April 1 and will have jurisdiction over Jamaica's relations with 18 countries in Southern and East Africa. So congratulations to her. Time for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have more news for you. Keep it locked. Here is Alicia Keys. Yeah. 
is Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee and Toe, but we're not turning up. We're taking it real easy, playing yesterday's favorites and today's hits. Today, it's all about the women. As we continue to celebrate and honor women for Women's History Month. give a big thank you to everyone listening online johnoradio.com for a non-stop party vibe download the Jano radio app it is available in your apple and google play stores j-a-h-k-n-o Jano radio take us on the go here's a little india irie for you To everyone listening on John, I'm sorry, not John, or the QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Mary J. Blige featuring Little Kim. I can love you.
Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse for rocking out with me and lending your voice to the conversation, either orally or in the chat. Appreciate you. It's hard enough You're to all be, gorgeous. Hard enough to be alone. I'm just trying to move along. Sometimes I do and then I don't. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell myself that it ain't helping. Second guessing it don't help me. I'm so tired of feeling empty. Find my eyes, it's time to fight. It seems like I'm always against me. Seems like this is never ending. And I refuse to let it end me. Mentally, spiritually, physically, I need my peace. Oh, I need my peace. I wake up every morning and tell myself, morning, gorgeous. Sometimes you gotta look in the Please make sure you're doing that to yourselves. Gorgeous. Can make me feel this way. Good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. All the times that I hated myself. All the times that I wanted to be someone else. Gonna squeeze in one more from Erica Badu, and then we get back to business. Love of my life.
Thank you for this one, Erica Badu, and it is time for us to get back to business. First up, uh, uh, we have a story out of um, Latin America, uh, courtesy of aljazeera.com. 103 children among hundreds found in an abandoned truck in Mexico. Mexican authorities have discovered 343 migrants and refugees, including 103 unaccompanied minors, in an abandoned freight truck container on the side of a highway. The National Immigration Institute, INM, said on Monday the trailer was found in the Gulf Coast state of Veracruz. It was on a route often used by smugglers to bring people from southeastern Mexico to the United States border. The people were in good health, and it was unclear why the driver fled. Most of the children were from Guatemala. Migrants who make it to the U.S. frequently pay smugglers to bring their children afterwards. The institute said the adults were mainly from Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and Ecuador. The children will be put into the custody of Veracruz's family uh, services system, while the others will be processed to determine their legal status in Mexico. People have been found dead inside abandoned freight containers in the past, so thankfully this was not the case. The conditions in the container illustrated the increasing sophistication of smugglers. The trailer had fans and ventilation ports cut in the roof, and the people wore color-coded bracelets, apparently to identify them as smugglers' clients. Trucks are one of the most dangerous methods used by people, smugglers, um, used by people that smugglers used to transport undocumented migrants through Mexico to the U.S. Last June, more than 50 people died after they were abandoned in a scorching hot tractor-trailer truck back in San Antonio, Texas. For you, Okay, so now we're going to get into the two stories. Uh, we're hearing two different reports with regards to the citizens the four U.S. citizens who were kidnapped in Mexico. So this first story is courtesy of CNN. Four U.S. citizens missing in Mexico were there for medical procedures and targeted by mistake, U.S. officials say. Uh, so CNN is reporting four U.S. citizens who were assaulted and kidnapped in northeastern Mexico on Friday are believed to have been targeted by mistake. A U.S. official with knowledge of the investigation told CNN, adding the Mexicans were the Americans, sorry, were in Mexico for medical procedures, according to receipts found in their vehicle. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador offered a similar explanation, saying Monday, saying Monday the victims had crossed into the border city of Matamoros to purchase the medicine. The information we have is that they crossed the border to buy medicines in Mexico. There was a confrontation between groups and they were detained, the president said, adding the whole government is working on it. The missing Americans drove into Matamoros on Friday and were fired upon by unidentified gunmen and were placed in a vehicle and taken from the scene by armed men, a release from the FBI in San Antonio said. The agency did not identify the missing victims, but it is seeking the public's help finding them and identifying those responsible. The agency announced a reward of $50,000 for their return and the arrest of those involved. Photos obtained by CNN show the car believed to be driven by the Americans crashed with another vehicle before they were taken at gunpoint from the scene. 
So in the other story, kidnapped Americans were in Mexico for Tommy Talk is courtesy of BBC News. Four Americans kidnapped by heavily armed men in Matamoros, Mexico, had traveled there for cosmetic surgery. That's according to relatives when speaking with the U.S. media. One of them was to have a tummy tuck, removing abdominal fat in a border town, said the sister of one of them. To see a member of your family thrown in the back of a truck and dragged, it is just unbelievable. Zalandra Brown, in speaking with the Associated Press about her brother, Zindel. A Mexican woman was killed in the incident. The FBI has offered $50,000 as a reward for the return of the Americans. The other people in the group have been identified in U.S. media as Latavia McGee, a mother of six, according to CNN, Shahid Woodard, and Eric James Williams. They were driving through Matamoros, a city of 500,000 located directly across the border from Texas in the town of Brownsville. Video shows them being put in a pickup truck by heavily armed men. One is manhandled onto the vehicle while others appear to be unconscious and are dragged to the truck. Um. Moments. Yeah. I send you a story on Instagram. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll so there's there's a further follow-up on that. Lord have mercy. Hold on. Let me Breaking jump. news. Breaking news. All right, let me jump to Insta. Insta, Insta, Insta. Andre. Okay. New York Times. Uh, okay. All right. So thank you, Dre. Thank you. So according to New York Times, two Americans found dead and two have been found alive in the Mexico kidnapping. Wow. U.S. and Mexican authorities had been searching for the four Americans since they were kidnapped in Mexico last week after they crossed into the, into the country from Texas for a medical procedure. Two of the four Americans who were kidnapped last week were found dead on Tuesday, while the other two were found alive. And that's according to the governor of the border state, Tamaulipas, where the abduction occurred. At least one of the Americans died at the scene of the attack on Friday, in which gunmen shot at their car, according to a senior Mexican official who was not authorized to speak publicly. Of the four kidnapping victims, two of them are dead, one person is injured and the other is alive. Ambulances and the rest of the security personnel are on their way there right now to offer support. The two survivors are now in a safe location and being offered medical attention, according to the senior Mexican official. U.S. and Mexican authorities have been searching for the four Americans since they were kidnapped in Mexico on Friday after they crossed into the country. Oof. Thank you, Dre. Are we grateful that they have been found? Yes, but we're sad to know that two died. This is truly sad. Let this be an eye-opener for folks who are traveling across the border. It is, and I'm not saying anything is guaranteed, but I think it is best that you cross at big points of crossing, right? Um, Marlon, I know you have been to the border quite a few times for, for freight. Um, is Laredo, what are the safest points you would say if you're able to speak? 
if you're able to speak, what are the safest points of crossing in Texas? What was that shit? Oh, I was asking. I know you've been to the border a couple of times, right? For free. What would you, where would you say are the safer areas for people to cross over for Americans who are wanting to go into Mexico for any reason whatsoever? What, what would you say or what would you recommend as the safe spots to cross over from Texas? Um, most of them are safe. Um, is when you want to get the illegal stuff done because Laredo Crossing, it's, you know, your border patrol. It, so it's safe right there. Uh, McAllen is safe. Um, but I think the, the worst spot, because most people go through Tijuana, that's up San Diego, but that's where most of the drugs and stuff is at. I mean, drugs is everywhere. Right. But you get a lot more stuff in Tijuana section right there. But down in Laredo and McAllen, it's it's okay. I, I would say it's safe enough. It just depends on what you're going to do and where you're going. So, um, so in other words, avoid the small towns like Tamaulipas. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, you have to know where you're going and and who you're going to meet. Because remember, everybody's out to make a buck. Because you bring a dollar. You bring a hundred dollar to Mexico. That's a lot of money to them. Right. So you just have to be careful when you go over there. So. Yeah. And then, based on the story, Marlon, um, this region, Tamaulipas, they're heavy on crime and kidnapping and drug running. So again, avoid the small towns. Avoid the small towns. All right. Yeah. Those areas. Of, um. Don't be ghost. Uh, those, there are obviously a lot of uh, body parts in that area oh, too. Jesus. Oh, it's stuff goes on in those little towns too. So a lot of people go into these little, be very careful because a lot of officers go on there and they ship them to the U.S. So not saying that's what happened to them, but it goes on a lot in those little towns because that's how they make their money as well. And it's not just drugs. They do a lot of harvesting too, so. Oh, boy. Um, but let's talk, speak to another issue. We have an issue here in the U.S. Price. Price. And the cost of certain things. Is, that's why people are going overseas, risking it all. Not that what is the work that's done on you when it comes to plastic surgery is done better overseas. We're not saying that. But everybody will pay less for what they want. Affordability. Right? Medication. Medication is cheaper in Mexico. Don't let go spool you. It is cheaper. And Canada. And Canada. And England. And, yep. Right? So the U.S. has a problem. This capitalism mindset when it comes to the medical field. Can we tam um, temper that, please? It's too much. And we're not just, I'm, I don't want to just focus on plastic surgeries, people getting BBLs and all of that. So I don't want to focus on that. I'm, I want to look at the, at the big picture. 
you have Jamaicans who go back to Jamaica to get their teeth cleaned, to get their executive profiles done, to get their checkups. You have people that go back to Mexico to get their medical checkups done, and they're done very well. People leave to go to other countries because the out of even with insurance for the, some of them, the out-of-pocket expense is too much. There are people who have families and can't put the family on an insurance plan because then they now have nothing to carry home. They won't be able to pay their rent or mortgage, their car payment, their car insurance, light bill, phone bill, cable bill, all of that. They can't and buy food. They can't do it if they put the entire family on insurance. So we have to choose who gets the insurance. It's happening right here. And I hope you all hear me because I keep getting the red bar. Our servers are struggling. We have a problem in this country and we need to get it fixed. People are choosing, do I eat or do I die? And if I get sick, I might as well dead. Or people are waiting until they're excruciate, in excruciating pain before they show up at an emergency room because they can't afford wellness checks. We, can't, we, we, we cannot afford to be proactive and hence we become a reactive set of people. We have a problem, politicians in the United States of America. We have a dire problem. There is no way on earth an aspirin or a painkiller, one single painkiller in a hospital should be $24 when you look at the itemized um, things on your bill, on your hospital. $24 for one tablet? With Sankey Singh, so in what world? That $24 could buy a bottle of pills in the pharmacy probably get one buy one get one half off and we don't think we have a problem and it, you ever look at your bill the itemize everything every catheter that's used to go to to put an IV in your in your arm every needle every piece of gauze everything is itemized on that bill and when you see the cost when you see the cost and you're absolutely right donald i told i think i mentioned the the video that was on TikTok with cat williams when trump said he wants to incarcerate every drug dealer and cat williams said well <laughs> he started naming out the big pharma companies get ready to go to jail because that's who are the big drug dealers these big pharma companies that push chemicals on us and charge us an arm and a leg. Something needs to be done with regard to the healthcare sector in this country. Nobody should have to cross the border. Nobody should have, should have to go to the Dominican Republic. Nobody should have to go to Colombia or Venezuela. You should be able to get whatever you want right here and be able to afford it. People have headache, they stay with a headache. No, they don't know if it's a, a tumor. They don't know what the issue is, but they rather stay with it because they can't afford to go and get themselves checked out. Something is wrong. How on earth are we going to call this a first world country? 
if we can't take care of our people? How? How is it that they're able to do better in England? They're able to do better in Canada? How? We all know they don't care about us. That's the only thing. Everything boils down to we don't care. And you know, interestingly, not to go too far off on a tangent, but interestingly, I was having a conversation, I think it was with Marlon yesterday. And you know, Marlon said, it is so unfortunate that there are so many people who have no one to speak to. And that was on the heels of him delivering some news to me about someone whose relative took their own life. It just happened over the weekend. People don't have anybody to talk to. They have no outlet. And the sad truth is that if you don't have the money, you can't speak to a therapist. You know that? And if you do have those hotlines where it's affordable or free, it's not at the same, it's not to the same degree. It's not the same quality, if I'm making sense. So everything boils down to the dollar bill. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's what it boils down to. If you have the money, I have the time to listen to you. Which the truth is, I really don't care about you, but you're paying me to listen. Let's be real about therapists for a second. Well, you can get the bare minimum. I mean, they have therapists where you listen to you, but they don't give you 100% until you start paying them. Exactly. Have some of them, yeah, you go and you tell them it's, you know, whatever is going on. But most of them, they're not going to give you the full attention until they see that money yeah i just think i believe i'm not gonna say you don't have some of them out there will do it because they realize there's a need and and you need help and that you might have one out to a hundred thousand maybe five out of a hundred thousand we do it for free and do it genuinely you might have that but majority of them they're not here if you don't have the money they are not going to help you they will give you the bare minimum and that's it and send you on your way. It's just like a drug addict. Just like a drug addict. They give you the bare minimum when you go for the government help, especially the government help. When they send you in these homes for help. If you're not rich or you don't have the money to send to a private home, you're going to suffer. Because the government help they give you is garbage. It's a waste of it's a waste of time because I'm speaking from experience because I know people. So it's of time. That's why most of these people just they just relapse, and go back, or whatever because the help they give you it's 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 not even worth it. You have to have thousands of dollars to go to these private institutions and get the the good help and the good medication. So it can. Yeah, I'm not saying those people don't relapse, but you know, most of the most of the time they don't. But you know, some of them do. You know, so this this the system is screwed up, and I don't think they want to help the citizens here in the U.S. They just it's a revolving door. It's, it's a money maker for them. 
just like the medication it's a money maker for them because i can't understand um i forgot his name dallas maverick um owner what's his name um who, mark cuban mark cuban is doing the the thank you um Donald, doing the medication where you, you can pay like little to nothing for medication right now i'm not sure if it's all over or it's just in texas but you could get little for nothing um, for medication in Texas. And you tell me, now you hear Biden and stuff coming out and say, oh, this this going to be cut in half. And Why didn't you do that a long time ago? Cancer medication is so expensive. Diabetes medication is so expensive. People have to live with those stuff because they can't even buy the medication. Those stuffs even shouldn't be that expensive for people spending their whole life savings on medication to, to, to stay alive. Do you, do you, Marlon, do you think they want us to stay alive? No, they don't. They don't. They but don't. I'm going to come out now and do something because Mark Cuban is trying to see how he can get um, cheaper medication. Probably this medication where you get. Yeah, we lost you, Marlon. We lost you. Is are you guys hearing me, or is it Marlon? Okay. Can you guys hear me? You're hearing me. Hear you. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's it. You know, I just I just can't understand certain things. For um people need help and we just turn our backs on them or not give them the full help you know but that's just me yeah thank you go ahead Donna. kudos to my cuban for disrupting the market but um on an earlier point you made about people you have a lot of these practitioners who paid a lot of money to study and as much as they would like to help a lot of them if you probably talk to them you realize they would like to help some of the clients but they can't because they have bills to pay, they have these humongous student loans to pay, they have rent and other stuff to pay. So it's only so much help they could give because they themselves become a charity case if they can't get paying clients. You know, so it's like a, a catch-22 sometimes. Money, 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 money. That's what makes the world go round. I care about you if there's money. I will be in a relationship with you if you have money. I will talk to you if you have money. I will hang out with you if you have money. If you don't have money, I can't be friends with you. If you don't have money, you cannot come into my, medic, my, my off, doctor's office and talk to me. If you don't have money, you're screwed. People only care. Not really, when you really think about it, you know. We really only care if there's money involved. I'm sorry. That's what I have deduced everything to. People only care if money is involved. So do they really care? But Donna, I got a question, sir. Quick question. Um, yes, I know they go to um, school here for be a doctor, be a doctor. But don't they go to school in Canada to be a doctor as well? Sometimes the tuition is different, man. Sometimes going to school here could be really, really expensive compared this is what I'm to, gonna... to other places. So that's what I'm saying. If we put things in place to make the education easier, you know, it could it could, could help. 
because if you go to school in a scandinavian country in some of the denmarks and some of those places even germany it is so much more cheap it's so much cheaper than getting a similar degree here so we have to look into that and student loan no forgiveness no nothing it's, it's crazy okay i got you all right thank you okay money money it's all about money and let's not fool ourselves we all have fallen into the trap we have all fallen into that trap at some point or another but when now that we are aware or at that point when you became aware that you were being sucked into that system how did we try to 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 um separate ourselves is it even possible to separate yourself from the system yeah moments i, I think that you know the average citizens are, are part of the problem too because especially with healthcare, is that a lot of people who, who are covered under companies and stuff like that almost don't really care about the 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 average that that are not comp that are not um covered and even even what's crazy here in canada also which brings me to that point is that everybody every canadian um is covered right but there's a 10 percent of canadians who travel across the border to america to get health care <laughs> even though yeah serious even though everybody is covered but um, to that 10%, they feel like they're not um, on the same level, so they should not be accessing the same healthcare that everybody is accessing. So they, because they have their money, they're like, okay, we'll go to the US and, and access the healthcare. You know, so yeah, it's, it, it, that, that's a part of the equation too. Like a lot of people, like if everybody care that, okay, like all of us, it's either all of us have, have healthcare are, but some people are like, oh, you know, I my company covers healthcare, so why should I care about the average, you know, American, <laughs> you know? So th that's a problem too. <sighs> and Virginia is second in what you're saying, James. Chief said it's about getting people hooked, not cured. Facts, J. Uh, Chief. Facts. Doctors are not in the business of healing you or curing you; they're in the business of making sure you return. How is it if, if that were not the case wouldn't diabetics be off diabetes medicine hmm? if that were the case yeah <laughs> something simple as that because the truth is they would talk to you seriously about your dad they may bring it up but they would talk to you seriously about it and try a holistic approach yes that now don't get me wrong folks there are some um situations medicine is needed there has to be medical intervention right pharmaceutical intervention let us not get it twisted may not tell nobody forgot to show their medicine no not at all but you want a doctor doctors should be in the business of listening being empathetic being compassionate being instead of just shoving things down people's throat, be willing to explain how they can make changes in their life 
you know, incorporate more natural things and stuff, so on and so forth. Marlon has high blood pressure. He was thrown on medication. We busted our ass and got him off, though. Never had to refill. But it's, that's why it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Because you don't want people eating healthy. You're not regulating foods that you know are giving people these things. Uh, and um, some of the stuff, as you had on the show before, cannot even be selling, let's say, in other European countries. Mm -hmm. So the, the stuff that's sold here that you know directly affect people with chronic diseases and so on. So if you're not even willing to address the food, then what will you address? As Chief said, they're just looking for patients. Yeah. They will give you enough to keep you alive and keep you coming back. Yeah. So people might say in the case of these four folks who went across the border, two ended up dead. One recovering, one, um, well, two alive, one recovering, one not injured. People might say, well, they shouldn't have gone across the border to go and get, um, to do surgeries. And that could be a valid argument. But there is a reason why people go abroad. Cost, the cost factor. Right? The cost factor. But I saw an ad, talking this and talking that I wonder how much they must go and pay for that. Because I saw an ad for right here in Miami. You know, Miami is the place. Um, oh, east on the street, the road that we live off of, when you head east, you're just going through plastic surgery um, city. On your left, on your right, um, cosmetic surgery, this, this. It's like, oh my gosh, where do I go? You know, breast him and you see, no, no shame to it. No shame to it. The, I want to say a good two miles of it is nothing but plastic surgery. Augmentation, the facilitation to augment your, your features. It's there. But I saw an ad the other day. I can't remember what I was looking in. But you can get some procedures done for as little as $2,500. How much are people paying overseas then? Or is that expensive? I don't know. You know something. I have never sought to find out. You know what? No, no, God. Um, BBL costs in Miami. Let me look up that. BBL Miami. Let's see. Ooh, I can get a LiPo 360 process of... I really this is not bad not bad at all lipo 360 with bbl in miami four thousand dollar brazilian butt lift that, that that's not bad and you can pay 99 dollars a month is that reasonable i don't know somebody tell me <laughs> moments and it will pay for itself One serious heartbreaker, anybody can lose weight naturally in 10 business days. Oh, Jesus, what you said? No life needed. Okay. And as I said, 
This one is down the street from us. Uh, here's another one. BBL, starting price, $3,750. Rating number one, plastic surgery in Miami. <laughs> they have had so far 50,000 sat satisfied patients. Them have 11 locations and financing is available. You can get your dream body right now. We do free virtual consultations. Here's another one. Hey, <laughs> this one, <laughs> sorry, South Plastic Surgery starting at $1,499. You can finance your dream body for $85 a month. So why are people going overseas? You know, come on, mommy. We finance. I don't know how, what they're doing in Atlanta and in, 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 in Texas and in California. But we finance. <laughs> Some of those things you're is like bringing your appliance to a repair person that tell you he didn't need all the parts he had in originally. So you might come back with less parts. <laughs> I would prefer to come to Miami and go get the job done. No, you know, hold on there. Look like we can get some work done. Who come in with me? Let's see if we can get a two for one. <laughs> I just need my tummy removed. That's it. I just need my tummy. Yeah. So who come in with me? Cause this not bad. No bad at all. And then you go on first. You go on first, <laughs> and we'll see how you come out. All right. If you're missing any body parts like that, so we'll... you go first, and then we go behind you. Go on. Dress her there. need to do nothing. Dress her there and group on too. That's so, there you go. Yeah, so down group on. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. Dre said, my friend got five laser lip session in Tampa. What's a labor? laser lip session? Laser lipo, sorry. Laser, laser lip lipo. Oh, laser lipo. Yeah, so she got five sessions. $99 per session? Nope, $99. That's the group one. She got it all group on $99. All right, hold on. She, wait, she did, she did five sessions. Dre, don't tell me this. It worked. She didn't have to cut anything. Um, she didn't have to do any cut. She it, it worked. Um, they're convincing her after her five session to do school sculpting, you know. But I told her, well, go up on group on again and go somewhere <laughs> else and do five more sessions. Okay, it working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all over group on mm -hmm. moments. So, oh, so, so, so load up. Uh, well, um, Tasha, Tasha, oh, I'm, letting, I'm letting Tasha know that I'm packing up the gym stuff. Me don't need no more gym in my house. Sorry. Mm -mm. No, no. All of that, I'm putting on the curb. Anybody want bad gym equipment can't come back. Because here I come. <laughs> $99. Caught me in. That sound right up my alley. Um, how many times I have to swing on the pole to make the night <laughs> P Valley, P Valley, baby. That's what you need to learn how to do. Oh, Jesus. Whew. On a serious note, folks, stop going overseas. You can go to 
different places. I would rather you get it done here. At least the doctors are right here because people have gone overseas and have um, run into issues where the doctors here in the States don't want to look at them, don't want to touch them, and then they have to go back to the countries um, where they got the procedures done. Do your research, you know, do thorough research and see how you can get it done. But when you think about it, the trip you're going to take from North Carolina all the way to Mexico, by the time you add up the money, you probably would have been better off getting it done here. I don't know. No, sometimes it work out even it, it, it work out cheaper. Um, even when you add the trip in there because I had a friend that went to Colombia to get her BBL and her tummy and I was saying the same thing. I was like, yo, just do it here. But with like the care that they give them there and the plane ticket and everything, it still work out cheaper sometimes. But Dre, how long if you do a BBL, how long are you supposed to be under medical care for? Um, I don't know. She surgery. stayed there. She stayed there for almost two weeks. Two I think weeks? it was supposed to be a week, but she stayed there for almost two weeks. For BBL? But no, she, she still she still needed attention when she came back. You know, I but would the, the traveling part. And you see, that is why we're doing things we can't afford. Me personally, I strongly believe. I'm just thinking about the fact that it took what six to eight weeks for a C-section scar to heal. So I'm thinking because that's that's major surgery right now you're talking major major surgery right i would think you need minimum eight weeks one week two week that don't make no sense it's like a chop shop so i need to know that i can afford to stay somewhere and have someone stay with me for at least six to eight weeks when i have a clean um bill of health and i'm fully healed i don't know me must have said things wrong me no no me no no because when you go back to the states you come back to the states nobody don't have time to sit down with you so you're not healing properly you need proper rest your diet has to be on point so I like when I do the bottom now, right? Because from my understandings, for some pictures that I saw of one person whose bottom was done, and they go through the crack, right, of your butt, and they put in it. So it looked real good. I ain't going to lie. It looked real good. And you have to lie down on your tummy. Who helped you figure out you and all these things? Who helping you? My recommendation, folks, if you're going to do major surgery like that, be able to afford at least six to eight weeks off. Make sure your bills are paid for at least two months. Everything. Have that taken care of. So that you can heal properly. Regardless of where you're going to go. But I wish you didn't have to go overseas. I really wish. If you see the number of them I'm scrolling through. Literally. East from me. And the different prices Everybody is offering, um, everybody's offering financing, five-star rated. 
I want to know now how many of us in Miami have our natural bodies now because damn everybody showing astounding numbers that they have done well granted people come from out of town too but wow what's your 60,000 done 70,000 done my mama um and do you know that you don't have to be a surgeon to do plastic surgery you can be a dentist and do plastic surgeries you know that yeah I'm in the wrong business folks how long it going to take me to become a plastic surgeon to become a doctor and then just go to some plastic surgery how long anybody okay four years of undergrad four years of grad ten years well I'm still can't cut it still enough yeah something can happen I don't probably shaky hands shaky hands at that time better shaky hands by them be careful <laughs> lord of mercy china's foreign minister says developing countries are entitled to a better life china's foreign minister kin gang said developing countries are entitled to a better life and greater representation on the global stage courtesy of barbados.loopnews.com speaking at a press conference on march 7 following china's first session of the 14th national people's congress gang said developing nations should have a louder voice in international affairs and i quote developing countries account for more than 80 percent of the global population and more than 70 percent of global economic growth people in developing countries are entitled to a better life and greater representation and a louder voice in international affairs a just cause should be pursued for the common good china will keep in mind the interests of the world take an active part in global governance and contribute more to world peace and development and human progress gang again refuted claims that the country's belt and road initiative bri is a debt trap for developing nations pointing to various projects which have been completed via the project which now has over 150 countries and 32 organizations as partners he said according to world bank stats the main debtors of african nations are multinational corporations and commercial creditors china for the win they're slick huh they're smart they're strategic they're business people opportunists they're they're taking advantage of people because right now i think people are becoming fed up of the u.s and the colonial powers and the way they even interact and treat you and China sees an opening there, and they're, they're punctual on it. The Belt and Road Initiative, from China perspective, was a brilliant idea to revive that project. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I don't know the other end. I'm not so sure about that, that how it affects the other people. But it's definitely a brilliant idea. And the fact that China come in, and regardless what you say about them, they stay, away, they stay out of your affairs. They only come in when it's time to collect. And take over your resources, mm. but they don't tell you how to run. You could run your country to the ground. They don't care, as long as they have their security linked to their loans. That's all that matters to them. They will come and take the parts of your country that make the money, 
and the rest of you survive how you can. Can you blame them though, Donna? Because let, let's be realistic. Let, let's come back to the Caribbean for a second. Remember the story we had earlier, right? The, the CBI. You can... Um, the U.S. is proposing, and I don't know why we use the word proposing, but the U.S. is proposing six measures. And what's measure number six that these um, Caribbean countries have committed to? Number six, do not accept or process applications for anyone who is applying for citizenship by investment, anyone from Russia and Belarus. Let me ask a question, and correct me if I'm wrong, educate me, because I do need to be educated. Which country has the U.S. gone into in the Caribbean and made a deal to build roads, major highways? Which one? Which one? They may not be doing that, but they could blacklist you and tell the tourists don't come to your country. And if you depend on tourism so much, then they have some power there. And we do a lot of business with them, to tell the truth. But um, I think we have to rethink the whole Caribbean strategy on a collective, individ as individual countries and on a collective system. But... um. It will be difficult, extremely difficult. Has the U.S. gone in and built any hospitals, any schools in, in any Caribbean country? When we need help in the healthcare sector, where do you think the doctors come from? Cuba? See, we can't answer the question. Nobody can say what the U.S. has done in the Caribbean for any Caribbean country to improve the lives of its people. The only thing we hear about is IMF. And they're the major stakeholders in the IMF. That's it. Keeping us in debt. I'm not saying China don't have us in debt. But that's all. We are in debt and that's, we have nothing to show for the debt that we have incurred, so to speak. You see, I'm not saying China is better, but they're better at playing the game. And if I have to pick the lesser of two evils, I would be willing to take my chance with China. And the reason I'd be willing to take my chance with China, especially as it relates to Jamaica, is because we have the opportunity, if we are smart, we have the opportunity to repay that debt. I think it's doable if we just stay the course. I may be wrong. I don't know. But what has the U.S. done infrastructure? Sometimes it might be. Sometimes it might be better to take a loan if it's structured properly, okay, and everything is considered. It might be better to take a loan that has no restrictions. And that's the problem with some of the the Western loans. They come with all these restrictions. You understand? So you're still not free to do the money what you want to do with it. Another thing again too, we have to stop taking 
a lot of these loans are tied to using suppliers from the country of that is originating the loan and stuff like that so we can't even utilize the market to or, or to benefit us we have to start to relook at some of this stuff and i'm telling you if collectively we start doing better deals and we start ask requesting more we will get it but as long as we continue to t just continue how it was going the whole plantation society hat in hand thing it will continue like that also but we could do better in a lot of areas i think we're short-sighted i really think we are I know you, you, they say don't hate the player, hate the game. Okay, they built six schools in Togo, Africa in 2014. Who did the US? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm responding to Javed. I'm so sorry. Yes, okay, six in 2014. Okay. I just typed I just typed your question into Google and some stuff came up. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that information. Appreciate that because I want to know what they have done. I really want to know. I'm going to want to bash them if they don't need to be bashed. But we will speak the truth based on what we are what information we're able to find, right? Yeah. Um Europe is trying to ditch planes for trains, and here is how that is going. Ever since the flight shame movement began encouraging travelers to seek greener alternatives to jet planes, many in Europe have been looking to the continent's extensive rail network to replace short Paul air travel. There's definitely been progress with airlines like Dutch carrier KLM entering into rail partnerships on certain routes and some countries like Austria and more recently France seeking to restrict internal routes where trains are available. That's amid a palpable rail revolution on mainland Europe with new high-speed routes and operators Coming online, a reversal in the decline of overnight sleeper services, new tunnel links cutting travel times, and new locomotives improving reliability and efficiency. In Spain, Germany, and Austria, cheap ticket deals have also played their part. With so much railway investment, it seems as if the trainification of Europe's air transport network is well underway. Surely, it's only a matter of time before the continent is relying almost exclusively on its iron roadways, excuse me, for getting around and the skies are clearer and greener. In reality, that remains a distant dream. But why? As with many efforts to innovate away from environmentally harmful practices, there's good news and bad news. Fixes are being made, but none of them are quick, and there's no sign that Europe's airports are going to get quieter anytime soon. I mean, what do they use to run the trains? Um, is it a cleaner alternative? If so, go for it. Nothing happens overnight. Um, if we can minimize the traffic in the air and the emission and all of that. Let's do what we can. If they can afford to do it, you know, pursue that. All right, time for stories out of North America. So I'm 
a run for president. Ron DeSantis wants to make America Florida. <laughs> Who wants to be Florida, folks? Come on, we can make you great. Just be Florida. Be like Florida. <laughs> Nobody wants to be like Florida. Why? Why? What's up? What did we all do to you? What did, what did we do to you here? He hasn't officially entered the contest yet, but Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is one of the leading Republicans in the race for his party's presidential nomination. He just released a new book that highlights his pugnacious style and hardline stance on issues ranging from education to public health. And he'll get more attention as Florida's Republican-led legislature begins its session tomorrow. NPR's Greg Allen has this look at how DeSantis became what some believe is the future of the Republican Party. November's election was disappointing for Republicans in many states, but not in Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis won re-election by nearly 20 points. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. That's the DeSantis brand, a governor who stands firm against ideas, policies, and laws he derides as woke. In his first term following demonstrations around the police killing of George Floyd, DeSantis signed a law criminalizing even some peaceful protests. Later, his Stop Woke Act restricted what schools and businesses can say about race. A Parental Rights and Education Act, dubbed Don't Say Gay by Opponents, limits how teachers discuss sexual orientation and gender identity. He signed a law banning abortions after 15 weeks. Many of these measures are now held up by legal challenges in the courts. It's a different DeSantis than the one David Jolly got to know when both served as House members in Washington. Jolly, a former Republican congressman from the Tampa area, says DeSantis was part of the House Freedom Caucus, a group focused on cutting government spending. And at the time, you know, I described them as the shutdown caucus. DeSantis and other members used government shutdowns to push for policy changes and spending reductions. Jolly says the most impressive thing about DeSantis were the connections he made with some of the nation's top Republican donors. It's always been a question for me how he did it. And I believe it was just the commitment to fundraising and the raw political hunger of moving beyond the House. DeSantis, a Yale and Harvard-educated lawyer who served in the Navy, spent three terms in Congress before running for governor. His frequent appearances on Fox News drew the attention of President Trump, who endorsed him. DeSantis embraced it and ran a now-famous ad featuring his wife and children. Build the wall. He reads stories. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. He was narrowly elected governor by less than half a percentage point. Two years later, after Trump was defeated, DeSantis rarely mentioned his name anymore and refused to join the chorus of supporters who said the election was stolen. Jolly says DeSantis used Trump to build his name recognition, but after being elected, he moved on. What he is incredibly skilled at, as Wayne Gretzky, the Hall of Fame hockey player, used to say, is I skate to where the puck's going. He saw it was going to be Donald Trump's party and he skated to Donald Trump very quickly. DeSantis' rise to national prominence got a boost with the arrival of the COVID pandemic. In the first months, he largely followed guidance from the Trump White House and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. He shut down Florida's beaches, bars, and nightclubs. Schools were closed. When the vaccine became available, he championed it in almost daily news conferences and in a live interview where a 94-year-old World War II veteran received his shot on Fox News. Today is the day we're going to hit our 2 million wow. senior vaccinated. 
and I couldn't think of a better fella to be able to have that honor. So, but shortly uh, after that appearance, in February of 2021, DeSantis' approach to COVID began to change. He soon signed bills banning face masks and vaccine mandates by businesses and government. Republican Aaron Bean, who served in Florida's Senate under DeSantis, has nothing but praise for how the governor responded to the pandemic. He went against the grain, and when that happened, you can't say Florida without now saying the free state of Florida, because Governor DeSantis has led the way. With his hiring of a new Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Latipo, DeSantis completed his transition from vaccine proponent to vaccine skeptic. Among their many controversial recommendations, Latipo and DeSantis said men age 18 to 39 should not receive the mRNA vaccine. Nationally recognized public health experts say that recommendation is wrong and based on a faulty analysis. Bill Hanage, an epidemiologist at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, believes those policies led to an increase of COVID deaths in Florida. You know, if you compare it with California, New York, Massachusetts and the United Kingdom, it's the only one to have more deaths since vaccines were available than before. The only one of them. In Florida, 60% of the total deaths occurred after vaccines were available. In the other places, it was 40% or less. DeSantis dismisses the criticism, saying Florida voters looked at its record on COVID in November and gave him a resounding vote of confidence. Not only did we win re-election, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. As governor, DeSantis has extended his authority beyond state agencies and laws into local matters, exerting control over school boards and even businesses that hold drag shows. To the delight of supporters, he's quick to attack any who challenge him, from the media to the state's largest employers. After Disney's CEO said he'd work to overturn a law, DeSantis signed a bill ending Disney World's self-governing status in Florida. With his efforts to control local policies, he's left behind the commitment to limited government he once had as a member of the Freedom Caucus. Former Congressman David Jolly says it's a lesson he took from Donald Trump. What Donald Trump brought to the party was to really crush that orthodoxy of small government and instead say the ends justify the means. And so whatever it takes to achieve conservative results to DeSantis, it doesn't even matter if courts have said it's unconstitutional. Last year, with an eye to federal law and Florida's constitution, lawmakers drew up new maps for the state's 28 congressional districts. DeSantis didn't like the result and demanded lawmakers draw new maps that ended up eliminating two districts that favored black voters. I was completely dumbfounded, blindsided. Democratic State Senator Geraldine Thompson is an African-American lawmaker from Orlando. DeSantis's maps were challenged in court as unconstitutional partisan gerrymanders, but they remained in place and helped Florida Republicans pick up four additional seats in Congress. Thompson says DeSantis's motivation in targeting black voters is clear. I think he has an interest in making sure that only certain individuals vote and that those people are people who are supportive of his agenda and then making it difficult for anyone who does not support his agenda, making it difficult for them to vote. DeSantis doesn't shy away from battles involving race. He's taken aim at programs promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion in state colleges and universities. He also drew headlines when his education commissioner said he'd prohibit the use of an AP African-American studies course in Florida. Aaron Bean, now a member of Congress, says those policies aren't intended to target groups, but instead stand up for conservative principles. Bean doesn't expect DeSantis to soften his hardline stance in a campaign for president. I believe 
that should he go to the next level, which I think he will, that he will push forth an America first agenda, a common sense agenda, a freedom agenda. There are lots of questions surrounding a DeSantis presidential bid. Among them, how will he handle intense scrutiny from the media and attacks from other candidates, notably Trump? Up to now, he's mostly avoided interviews with mainstream media, preferring instead friendly appearances on Fox News and other conservative outlets. But there may be a more fundamental question. DeSantis' supporters have a slogan, Make America Florida. Next year, voters across the country may get a chance to decide if that's something that they want. Greg Allen, NPR News, Miami. Yeah, yeah, your president is going to be president moment. He is. It's. I'm so sorry, but I have to be realistic. I'm going to have to be realistic and face the music head on. I am. I think he's listening to the room. Um, but big man thing though, apart from his antics and the anti-school um, thing or whatever, overall what you think about his governing, if you take all of that out, No comment. <laughs> uh, honestly, how do you think he handled the COVID situation? He flip-flopped. I think he does everything for votes. That's it. That, that's the truth. That's, that's how I feel. I don't think he's doing anything because he truly cares. He has his agenda and he ha not only his agenda but the agenda of others who are supporting him financially that he has to carry out so i don't think it's about truly caring about the state of anyone or anything or any whatever it's about ron DeSantis and his cohorts that's how i see it he's just another politician he's gonna put on a show at the circus and the best show is the one that will get to be um, seen on tour. That's it. He has his eyes on the prize. From from the get-go, I knew he had his eyes on the presidency. And boy, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he's doing, but he's doing a damn good job of getting to the White House. I can tell you that much. It's theatrics. It's all theater. To me, it's all theater. I don't think there's any sincerity. But, you know, when you can speak to people who are riled up about certain issues, guess what? You're going to have them and you're going to have their support. They, you just need them to hang on to one thing. And that's it. Just one thing. Now, let us think about it. If you don't like black people or people of color, and you don't want your children learning about them, guess what? You're going to rally behind them because you support that. You may not support anything else, but you support that. If you are such a conservative, a far-right conservative, that you don't want to have anything to do with LGBTQ plus and its community, you're going to hold on to that, right? You're going to hold on to that for dear life. Even if the rest of the ship is sinking, you're going to hold on to that, um, th that lifesaver and say, yes, he has our interest at heart because he agrees with me on that particular issue. Look at what he has done to Disney. He's literally taken over Disney. 
He is a dictator of sorts. Where is, you know what? Let, let me stop. Moments, you know, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing like two boats that are sinking and people are choosing which one they want to sink in. That, that's, how, that's, that's how it seemed to me. Be because um, on the outside looking in, you look at like evangelical Christians um, or people who so-called Christians in America, right? Um, that they're attaching themselves to this party and they're like, you know what? This, this man is saying a lot of stuff that, that's um, racist, you know, like I'm a black person. And then they're like, okay, do I, do I um, uphold my blackness more or, or is it this thing that I'm against, which is like LGBTQ movement, which one is more valuable to me? So like they're looking at, okay, Republicans, um, the, the, the clan and a lot of these um, organizations attach themselves to the Republican and then LGBTQ and other organizations attach themselves to Democrat. And people are choosing, especially in the, the evangelical community, like I'm realizing that's the choice. They're like, do I side with this person even though like I'm black and the clan is siding with them or all bright or movement or whatever? Or do I side here? And a lot of people are make, making their choice based on that. So it's like, you know, two boats sinking, which one am I, go, am I going to sink in? And that's what I'm, I'm seeing. Which one going down slower? <laughs> so... One thing about politicians, and I think this is something we have to understand. They are sensationalists. Whatever is the hot button topic, is the, that's the wave they are going to ride. That's what they do. So they get up in the morning. Donnell, my man, what's going on in the news today? What, are, what is everybody talking about? What is everybody disgruntled about? And Donald tells me what's going on all right and that's what we're gonna attack today all right dre put that speech together so let me go out there and sound good and look good because remember we're getting in the office tomorrow comes it's the same question donald what's going on man what's good today what are they talking about today what are people worried about today all right we're gonna latch on to that today Politics, folks. Moments, but both both of them do it though. Like when you look at when you're watching the Grammy, did um what's her name? Did Biden? Did she look like she was out of place? Like she was supposed to be there? It's all theatric. Like she they're grabbing on to the popular culture, the one side, and the the, the um Republicans are are grabbing to one side. So it, it's all about which side wins. You know, is it like Hollywood? Um, that's um driving culture and you know the lgbtq movement on one side that they're grabbing onto or is it going to be like make america great again like you know the the the, the blue lives matter or um the far right movement and stuff like that so they each of them grab into something that the thing and and my thing with um democrats they, they look out of place grabbing onto things that they're grabbing onto <laughs> They're Talk about that. that. They don't. They don't. Because what's her name? Seem like, seem like she was out of place. You know, like she did one one dance where she's not supposed to. Do. But James, in our in our in our like 
um, ballroom type outfit like in a dance hall, look out of place. But James, listen to this now. The Biden, Biden administration is considering reviving detention of migrant families who crossed the border illegally. Who remembers what happened when Trump was um, clamping down? Do you remember the Democrats' stance on the whole issue? In the chat, Dre says, what are the Democrats and blacks doing about all this? Just sit back and watch. Here's what I will say to the to the, the black community and communities of color. Stop make them use us to win to win um elections because that's all they do. Vote Republican. Because it ends worse. Same thing. Anytime black people start to vote with what they want, they will get anything as a group. But the Democrats have nothing to do for black people because they sure on black people's vote. And they go in there, they make excuses, they do not follow the mandates that people vote them to put, to put in. They try to reach across the aisle for three and a half years. And then in the fourth year, they're telling you, oh, they will change this, they will change that if you give them another term. And then they do nothing again. If they do what the people vote them for, they'll be fine. You could say what you want about these Republican people. When it's time for them to vote, make laws, whatever, they come together and do what they have to do for themselves. They don't care who vex, who don't vex, who support them, who don't support them. As long as that's their agenda and that's the agenda they perceive their people want, that is the agenda putting in place. And Donald, I'm going to tell you this, many blacks are looking to vote Republican because they have recognized that they have been taken for a fool. Like the cry is the same. We keep voting Democrat, but what are we getting? Why is everything dragged out when it comes to us? So there are many blacks who are saying, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to go ahead and vote Republican because it looks bad to bad. If I'm in, in business, I'm a maker. Most of the blue states would never get anything because they are blue. They don't have to campaign for them. They don't have to do anything. They have their votes. Georgia would be one of the best places to be right now because it's coming into a swing vote territory all the resources go into places like Georgia and those places forget places like New York and Connecticut and all them places there them, nothing happening there I don't know are, 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 are blacks and people of color even going to go out and vote this election that's the question what are we voting for? What are we voting for? More of the same? What are we going to do when they start campaigning or when, when they're in our communities? Are, are we just going to look at them and clap for everything they say? Or are people going to actually stand up and challenge them? At least we may get to sing Kumbaya, so that's what... <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do differently this election what what can we do differently this election because politics is the same thing you know every four years you come out you say uh, every two years let's say that every two years because you, you, you do the generals and then you have two years later you have to do the midterms or whatever but um so every two years everybody comes out 
to what avail? Who is truly benefiting in the end? Who is truly benefiting? Let's be honest with ourselves for a second. It's our constitutional right. You don't vote, you don't have a voice. Blase, blase, blase. But we vote and we still don't have a voice. What do we demand for our votes? Do we really vote on issues? Do we say, okay, we, you have to deliver this, this, and this? Okay? Why do you think the Cuban population in Miami, in Florida, is so important? Hmm. If black people continue to vote on emotions and what feel good or who talk pretty, they will get exactly what they vote for. Talk. They get what they don't get, right? <laughs> Unless you start to demand certain things in your communities and as a group or so, and you continue to vote as a group, because the current president had the audacity to say, if you do not vote for him, you're not black. What has the current president done for black people since he go in there? <laughs> you know, it's funny as you're saying that, um, Donald. Around election time, my phone was flooded with text messages. Flooded! Right? Reaching out to you to vote, reminding you to vote, reminding you this, reminding you that, reminding you that. After the election, not one blows and skirt text message to see what are the concerns you have in your community that you would like for us to address within the next couple of years or leading up to the next election. Anybody, anybody else got um, text messages around campaigning time? leading up to midterms and general elections? Or, or am I the only one who got those text messages? They, they, they'll be back in 2024. Don't worry. Just okay. hang tight. Okay. All right. Can I block my number from these idiots, please? I would like to know how... Uh, number one, I don't know how they get my number. I'll address me by first name like me and my friend. I don't know you. Call me by my formal name, please. Mrs. So-and-so to you, because I really don't know you. But then again, why are you texting me? I don't know you, boo. I feel like a whore, a prostitute. You come run me down, you chase me. Me sleep with you and then you boom, boom, me not see you again. What's the difference? Is that what politicians do? Me don't want no text from none of them. Neither Republican nor Democrat. I need nobody texting me. And save the trees. Stop, stop sending the one heap of junk mail to my mailbox. Because after it ends, it's like nine night. Everybody show up for nine night. Right? And we eat fish and drink, eat, eat bread and we drink with rum and we talk and we play dominoes and... You know, one big celebration remembering the life of me. And then after my burial, after my funeral, my memorial service, everybody gone and I didn't want to you know, hear from nobody again. That's why I say I don't want a funeral, folks. Anyway. If all you got from the whole George Floyd protest, the only thing you got of significance is blocking up some streets and painting them and making them memorials. There was no major legislation. Nothing happened. What do you think would happen going forward? Look at that compared to the Asian um, hate crime bills and stuff like that. How much black hate crime bills you get passed? How much, how much things that, of substance you get?
So it's okay to go out there and protest and waste time in the street and all this stuff. But what happens? Nothing of significant happens that really impact the lives of black people. And if you think you're indebted to one party over another or whatever, and you don't vote on issues and you don't put things in place to secure your community, your children, whatever, how could you blame the people you're voting for? If you vote for me for nothing, and I, I promise you I'd give you nothing, and I come back and you vote again and you keep voting, why do they need to give you anything when they show, as the president said, he was show on the black votes and he got it? He got it. He got it. So what if no black person went out and voted? What would happen? I think I think people should vote. Like whether one way or the other, whether like you're gonna vote Republicans or, or Democrats, I think they should still vote. Why? But I think send a message because like what what I've seen with Democrats is like they're comfortable with symbolic gestures. You know, they're like, okay, Joe Biden say, you know, like if I get in you know, I'm going to make sure there's a, a female vice president for the first time. Yeah, that's symbolic. It's good for 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 um, a historical look. But does it help women in America in general? When you put one person up there as a symbol, like this is what we did, but you uh, but you you don't do anything else to to uplift other women. When you come and you say like, okay, we're going to put the first, you know, we're going to put a black um person judge on the court judge on the court and you're using that as as like a bait to for, for the black vote yes you know you, you stand up and you say like we're proud that you know we're making progress like we live in an america where there can be like a black um female on the supreme court but does that trickle down to like you know black women in the society and it, it doesn't so instead of like symbolic gestures like People need to start voting for like as as um, what was mentioned earlier the, the you know like the George Floyd thing that was just symbolic like there's no like hate crime bill that's going to prevent anything from happening in the future and, and and that's where people need to take their vote and say look we don't want the symbolism stuff anymore we need tangible results we need you know laws that are put in place that's going to um, impact us as a community and not just put one person up there and that is what i realized and even even when we talk about um the what's his name the the, the lawyer that's going around fighting for everybody um ben, what's his crumb. Name? ben crumb why is it that there's only one black is, is only one black person in america like that symbolism like and and that has been a result of decades like you have hal sharpton you have this and there, there, there are people in, in small communities that are doing stuff. Why is it that there can only be one black person on the scene? Poster Why child. can't everybody be highlighted, you know? Ridiculous. I think there's more than that. It's just that this one is... Good morning, everyone. Good morning, It's just this person um, has become the poster child, and that's like media. Because I'm sure most of, uh, most of the lawyers that are doing things... I have a friend named Warner... Uh, Warren, who actually works in San Diego, and he is a public defender. He's like always out there and stuff, but you won't hear about Warren because he's out there, you know, doing the work. And uh, that's for that part, because I think there's a lot of people doing it. It's just that we don't see it because it's not, um, you know, if it's not covered by the media, no one knows. 
And then two, and then with the elections, and I'm gonna say this, and I and I know it's gonna be unpopular, and I'll be called <laughs> picking or whatever. But I'm gonna be honest, black people don't vote, not where it matters. Like I don't like during the local elections, which is where everyone votes count. I don't know about Canada, but in the U.S., no one's going out there to pick their local officials, their local and state uh, officials. That's where your vote really counts. That's where you'll see the impact when you put representatives in place that will vote based upon the people that put them in office. That whole president thing, the whole puppet stuff, like that really doesn't matter. That's when everybody goes out to vote because MTV and Jay-Z and Beyonce told them to go out there to go rock the vote. But you don't see them out there when it's uh, during the local, uh, putting their local officials in, the sheriffs, the, you know, the judges at that level, at, at the appellate levels and stuff. That's where your vote counts, and that's where you know. But most people, they don't go out there during their local and state elections. They only go out for the presidential. And why is that, though, El? What, what has been the history why they are not going we to all, the honest, we, all, we all We all took civics class. We know it's important, but a lot of people just don't vote because i've heard people tell me and i i used to help the county at least on the technical side uh it department used to run the um the elections making sure the the ballots and all the stuff was sitting out and stuff because we were the only ones that could do it right um but it's just you know lack of care because people don't really i mean either they don't care to learn about the uh the way stuff works um, and mind you, we even we even have it where um, not us, but we allow people to take a day off to go vote and people enough people still don't go out because it's not the presidential one and they don't care to really go in there until something hits the fan to really even care. So and it's it's a sad, but it's the truth. And then also, too, only voting because somebody looks like you. My father used to say, all skin folk is not kin folk. <laughs> That's what my father says. Yeah, Clyde Babb is full of uh, little uh, little quotes. <laughs> um, but that's what it was. You know, that's what it is. So if people will stop focusing on what you know, what the celebrity told them to do to go out and vote for president because this, no, your vote counts at the midterms, at the uh, doing your local stuff, voting for your county executive, voting for your local representatives, you know, because the electoral college is what matters. That's what wins, you know, uh, <laughs> wins is the electoral college, which is an outdated system because uh, it's, you know, it's skewed towards like a lot of the red areas where there's not as many people. Right. But, that, but that's why you have the I, I don't know if it's lack of understanding because we all took civics class. But maybe people didn't understand it. I personally think when you need to, when every time you got to go renew your license or get your license, you need to sit there and take a civics uh, watch. You need to watch the civics thing. Oh, so you can boy. understand the voting. So you can understand how voting works. Let, let, me, right? let, let me ask you this, L. Do you think to some Thank degree that mm -hmm. people know how it works? People understand but people feel as though their voice gets lost that even though they may be voting for the person who um whose agenda they support who they align with right 
and whom mm -hmm. they feel will carry out the, the things that they hold important. But once they get in office, they're disappointed. They don't see the results that they're expecting. Do you think that people are at a point or have got to a point where you know something? I can't fight I think anymore. A, I, think, I, think, I think, again, that's a lack of understanding of how it works. Like, uh, say, for instance, so uh, everybody's like, oh, Trump did all this stuff at the beginning of his term and he did this one. No, that's because uh, the when you're entering as president, you're usually running off, you're running off the, the steam that the previous president did. Right, right. Right, like when, when Obama was getting blamed for uh, all this, when he first stood in office, like he was, he was impacted by unemployment. He, there were short budget shortfalls, all that stuff. He was blamed for it because that was from the previous president. But things got a bit better. So when Trump took office, he literally, everything was kind of like a clean slate. That's how it been. And that's how it is most of the time. Um, even like it's going to take a while for, um, they don't understand that it takes a while for laws and for things to be impacted. It's not something that happens instantly. You know? Right. So yeah, when change happens, it's not instant. That's a fact. That is a fact. And I think we have spoken about that here before, that a lot of the laws that, you know, they take a, take a while and one picking up where the other one left off and so they're made to look good and the other one made to look bad. Yeah. Um, how do we get through to the American people then? That is the question. How are we going to have to go on a huge re-education um, drive? Go ahead, yeah. James. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as a people, we have to like educate ourselves or re-educate ourselves because you know, like even since moving to Canada, like I've said to people, like the government, we can't see the government as our enemy because if we see the government as our enemy, then we're not going to have a good relationship and. You know, most other groups don't see the government as their enemy. Even if the government is doing stuff that they don't like or it's not beneficial to them, in order to, to, for the government to work for you, you can't see the government as your enemy. Some of the words that in our vocabulary have to change too because when you use the word agenda, based on my experience in our community, we see agenda as a bad thing. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. When... You know, you go around the Jewish community and you see they're, they're moving. And even like some of the, 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 the Portuguese community here, the Filipino community here, the Indian community here, the Sikh, Sikh they're, they're, they have an um, a era in, in Toronto where it's like a, a huge Sikh community. And the word agenda is not a curse word to them. They are looking to the government and say like, our agenda is this. Our agenda is that Sikh people are not being um, beaten up in the street because of their religion. And our agenda is to support this one person that step up in this era that is going to run for um, office. And every person that identifies as a Sikh is going to support this person. That's our, our agenda. We are going to make sure we have a representative in office. When we hear the word agenda, we think negative. Like, oh, this person have an agenda. This is an agenda, agenda. And it's a negative word. We have to change that. And we need to put our agenda um, in, in, in political office to make sure that we have representative. Because there's a saying that, you know, like, if you, if, if, if you, um, if you don't have someone, like, at the, at the table, then you can't complain. 
what's being served. You have to have representative uh, at the table, and that's what we need to do. And and change our vocabulary, change the way we look at politics. Because like like for me, like even coming from like a place like Jamaica, and I come here and I see people that run from Jamaica, saying that the government is corrupt and political corruption and they come to Canada and they are complaining and I'm like oh dear you complain when you have free healthcare you, you you have student loan that the government gives you grant they, they'll give you like 60 percent that you have to pay back 40 percent grant that 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 you can pay your rent you can buy food while you're going to school and you who came from a country where there was no there was zero and you complain we have to get rid of that you know and just, just we come from places of scarcity like we are I will say I'm first generation American because my father, he's from Trinidad. And I tell people, I used, to, I used to tell my boss and stuff when they used to complain about immigrants. I was like, yo, my dad, when he first came, he was illegal. I tell people all the time, he was illegal as hell. Mr. Bob, he came in through Texas and went to New York. He used to sell hot dogs. And when he got hot dogs, he started, he got his license and um, worked at the cab. And then he joined the military, did 22 years, and he got his citizenship that way. But he also went to school. Mm -hmm. Here, uh, people just don't, they just don't understand. They complain about everywhere else in the world. And I'll be honest, I do complain about the U.S. because I know it could be better because mm -hmm. I've seen the rest of the world. We have all these tools and we don't use them. And one thing Clyde Bab used to say, it's a poor carpenter that blames his tools. <laughs> we have everything, everything. And we still complain until you've had nothing, until you've like, you know, lived in a little shanty house on a hill where you have to where you have to watch your mom walk down a steep hill to go get bread and milk and stuff every day. Because my grandmother used to go get stuff. They don't understand that life. Right. Maybe not these next generations, but they just don't understand. You know, voting matters. And like, again, voting for the platform, reading the platform, agenda platform, whatever the word is, they don't want to hear it because they don't want to take the time because it's not cool and fun. Here's, here's one of the things I think politicians can do differently. As I was talking um, earlier, that they blow up your phones during election time when they're campaigning, looking to get your vote. And then after the election has passed, you don't hear from them again until midterms or the next general election. Do they have efficient liaison officers who are keeping a connection putting that temperature gauge out there, feet on the ground, hearing what's going on. No, I don't I see. Yeah. There's there's several apps out there that have been um, showed where you can get information about all the legislation that's coming out and how, uh, how, you've, how they've been voting. I think one of them is called legislative. Another one is called like vote. But there's several of them out there and that's where they have everything at. And then there's, they have a news channel called C-SPAN. All right, they have hold on, stick up in right there. Let me challenge you mm -hmm. with this one. How mm -hmm. is it then that throughout the year, they're not throughout the years leading up to the um, midterms and so on, why aren't they sending us that information? Say, hey, check into this app. I can, on my phone, nothing. They don't, because people are mm -hmm. not aware of the app. So what they should be doing, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was not aware what they should have been doing or what they should be doing is saying, you know what, 
this voters list that we've been pumping text messages to asking them to come out and vote. Let us make sure we keep them abreast of everything that we're working on. Let us make sure they know that this bill has been submitted. We're working on this legislation. We're doing this because as it stands, we don't know what's going on. So, so now that's an opportunity for them to take advantage of. Don't just text me when you want me to we vote. Can share, I'll be honest. Well, there. We, can share, we can share that with them now and tell them to do yeah. things like that. I will say that, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not hard for them to, to send all that stuff out because it really isn't as long as you have the technology. But it also is, it's, by, it's on a state by state. I was living in Maryland at the time. So Maryland and D.C. and Virginia, they're actually pretty consistent on communicating that information, especially at like the local levels. Mm -hmm. It depends on your state. And because the way the U.S. is set up, the federal cannot go in there and you're breaking up, L. You're breaking up, not hearing you. I don't know if it's me or if it's L. Uh, 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 is it me, folks? Can you hear me? Because to get information out, they're they're a bit different, but that's what all the other states need to be do doing. Yeah. Um, moments. All yes, that that yes, you say. All that that you say is out there. You just have to follow them. You have to follow like Rock the Vote, Occupy Democrat. Um, I mean, I, what I'm I, saying. I, I, I get emails. No, I'm just saying I get emails and update and thing. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, she only email me when she want money. I'm burning him, email me when they want money and text me when they want money. Uh, but if you follow their platform and, and, and follow certain platforms, you will get an update. I think what it is is that we fall in the same trap though. After election, um, we just don't have that that interest anymore. But if you follow the platform, you get updates. I mean, these people are not exactly. Jehovah's Witnesses. They they they're not gonna come and knock on your door, and mm -hmm. and we're in a different age. So it's there. You follow them on Twitter. You follow them on Instagram. You um you you sign up to their email, uh, and trust me, you get every single right right update. right if you if you the, the sad part is we know about what's going on in other people's lives like the real housewives love and hip-hop and we can uh just we can resuscitate we can we can pull up not resuscitate we can recite all of that maybe it is resuscitate but we can recite <laughs> all this other stuff that doesn't help us in life but most people don't even know who their local representatives are because they really don't care so i mean and I think that's also the part of politician. I'll be, I'll be honest too. I could, I know a, a lot of politicians, uh, representatives, and they say the hardest thing is trying to get people to stay engaged and listen. And they can only do but so much, you know, other than put on a clown suit and tap dance and to t to get people to pay attention. But if we are active as well, then what? I mean, what can they do? You can't. That's why I was like, you can't just wait till the presidential election. Like being aware is uh, uh, something that is iterative and it's something that you have to do on a daily or weekly basis, you know. So if you can, if you know about Cardi B and um, what's that guy after, well, whatever that dude's name is, mm -hmm. um, then you should know about what's happening in politics well they need to be smarter with their campaign money then and here's mm -hmm. why i'm going to say that instead oh, of dumping everything into election time make sure you have reserved throughout the year you understand that since you know that people aren't going to seek out the information just as you were able to seek people out to get your vote to 
send out these text message blasts, these email blasts, keep blasting them with the information that they need. So you know what? It's like watching TV. You're sitting down there and you keep seeing the same commercial over and over again. At some point, you're going to be interested. Well, they need to have the same marketing approach and it has to be ongoing. Yes. When I keep getting this message, you know what? Let me let me open this app and see what this is about. Oh, okay. We're, we will get there. So you, you know, they recognize our faults. See how you can work around those faults. And I think this is great. Um, I think it's a great idea. Send out the, the, the blast. You say you get text messages, Dre. So clearly it's state by state. All parties on board need to ensure and this is the problem i have with this country it's 50 different states 50 different rules 50 different everything i don't know why we call it united it's divided states of america because everybody every state does its own thing there should be unification in something keep the folks educated but yeah i mean that's if they want to be people tend to and the only reason why i i'm speaking on this because we've gone through it in maryland people get desensitized from over information people, they send out emails there's the text messages all that stuff and people you know what they do they turn it off well keep cardi b on your payroll keep cardi b on your payroll so she keep talking keep jay-z on the payroll so he keeps talking you gotta spend your money wisely what what has worked or what worked was Beyonce. Well, you know what? We're going to keep Beyonce on the payroll. Got to do what works. Yeah, that's on the federal level, not the local level, the local and state level. The midterms, you probably won't. Maybe celebrities locally, but I'm telling you, people are the hard, even in IT, people are the hardest thing to change. If anybody's ever taken a change management class, people are the hardest thing. We can't even get them to stop clicking on phishing emails that clearly look like phishing emails and people still do it. In the world of scams, people still do it, even with all the information they still click the button. Right. Yeah. I think someone else was trying to say something. Go go right ahead. Yeah, good afternoon, moments. Good afternoon, um, Fabian. If we, if we believe in trends, which I do, uh, we are more distracted than ever. And this is only going to get worse. If we think if we think things are bad now in terms of what we're not paying attention to in our own communities, just give us a couple more years and see. And that is a challenge that uh, we all face. I do think a big part of what we seek out with information is on us. And we you can tell what we prioritize by what we seek out. So if we want to sit on and watch TV, that is our priority. If we want to know who our local state representative, we will we'll find it out. You know, so uh, you can present, Adam say, you can lead a horse to water, but what? Can't force him to drink. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely right, Fabian. Thank you so much, Fabian. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, James. moments. Yeah. Moments. And to add to that, I think the onus has to be on us because it's not just political; it's right across the board. Because, like, I'm in contact with people from different communities, and the way how our grapevine work is that okay, Vibes Cartel coming to town this weekend. Everybody know. Um, <laughs> Nike, the Nike, the Nike Twelve just just come out. The what? Everybody Nike knows. 12? Okay. okay. Everybody, everybody knows, right? But um there like there are a lot of like say like black business grants and stuff like that. And and billions of dollars put aside for black business owners and ten percent 
get used up because the few people that um, benefited from it did not use the grapevine to spread. They're like, I'm going to take this money, but I'm not, I, I'm not going to tell the barber down the street or the hairdresser um, up there so, or the mechanic or I'm just going to keep it to myself. So the onus is on us how we use our grapevine to spread our message and the type of message that we spread. Valid, very valid point, James. What we, we, we spread everything else that is um, not of priority. We really do. We're quick to, to talk about foolishness, things that are not going to serve us or improve us. And nobody's saying you don't need those light moments. We do because you have to de-stress and, you know, relax and let your hair down. We need those. But we can't keep ourselves in that mode all the time. So let's think about how we are going to be the change when it comes to politics. What are we standing for? What are the things we're demanding? How are we holding the folks accountable? Very valid points were made. Do we know who our representatives are? All I can say is you need, as an individual, to be the change that you want to see. Yeah. That's what you, if you want to see change in the world, you need to be a part of that change. Become informed. And I know there are distractions. I'm a gamer. I read, I watch anime. I do all this stuff. But you know what? I still make time to be informed. Not just what's going on in the U.S., but the world. Right. You know? Right. It, like, it's, again, it's a poor carpenter that claims his tools. Uh, and, and ignorance is not an excuse. I have to agree with that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. I can't believe it. Four hours have gone by. Oh, yeah. Today was Turned Up Tuesday on Coffee and Toe, but we did it in chill style. We played songs by women as we continue to honor women throughout Women's History Month. A big thank you to everyone that logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone that listened on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H. K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. John O Radio, take us on the go. And a big thank you, big, 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 big thank you to everyone who rocked out with me today on Clubhouse. Always appreciate each and every one of you. This is the first time I am hearing P did his voice in the background of that track. 
Faith Evans featuring Carl Thomas. Everyone listening online, QMZ Radio and JohnnoRadio.com. Wherever you go, whatever you do, please take good care of yourselves. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here for Coffee Intel. This was a Moments with Me Media Production. And this is Moments with Me signing out. Yeah.